Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome in. Whoop. How you doing? Oh, it's showtime. Good afternoon. Welcome in, one and all, to Talking Trek Live. My name is Ultimate DJs, and this is Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast. For another day, anyhow. <laughs> I appreciate you guys all being here. Who is here to hang out? You planning on saying something that'll get us kicked out? Get nah, us kicked out? Not, not, not planning on it, Papa. But I mean, you know, sometimes, sometimes it just happens. You know, so, <laughs> sometimes it just happens. Oh, uh, we have, we have made it this far. All right. Um, Let's see who's hanging out in the Talking Trek server sound off. You guys hit it in the chat. Let's see what we got going on. Over here in the Talking Trek Discord chat, Mighty Croc kicking us off on server 8. Thank you, Iron Chef. Aloha from server 14. Thank you, Crazy from Apex on server 24. Beaver Beaver on 181 Noon Whistle. 29 on a beach in the Caribbean making everyone listen to Talking Trek. Noon whistle, that's that's flipping amazing. And hello to everybody on the beach. Can we get some selfies? Can we get some bikini pictures up in here? Yo, noon whistle. We know we know you're wearing a mankini. All right, we know it. Let's let's get some let's get some selfies. Break out that selfie stick. All right. <laughs> Caribbean beach pictures. That's what I want. Jayberg on 32. Devil in the Belfry on 14. Killer Ab on 145. Captain Q. On server 57, Tabby Moza on 20, Game Junior 30 in the hizzy. Shady Pines on 27 to 29, Mud 2 on server 24, I think. Zandy's on server 12, what's up, Shin Solo on 153. Lord Neelix on the flagship broadcast server, that is server 15. Kievo on 200, Scrampy on 137, Bad Boy on 13, thank you, Virtual Army on 135. Louis P on server 20, Doug on 47. Veritas Absoluta checking in for 43. Bad Boy on 13. Mosher on 181. Viper on 130. Thank you. Dreamweaver, what you doing? What you doing, sucker? <laughs> what are you doing, buddy? Uh, welcome in. Cats of Planet on 167. Uh, Daverick, greetings from server 21. Silvis on 24. Dirty Birdville on 15. D-Dragon, good day from 183. Sergeant Epi on 42. Eddie on 14. Thank you. And uh, there is official moderator Jess hanging out in the chat. You like your new color? You like your new color there, Bubba? Have you have you seen that official moderator Jess has officially made her way into our Discord and has somehow finagled uh, supreme power on our Discord? Uh, she has the power to time out and and kick people and and you know generally be abrasive and abusive just like she is oh, over on the official discord I'm in trouble now mm -hmm. oh yeah you are <laughs> seems, seems appropriate i think i think so i uh, i agree with the amount of power that she's been given here she is the supreme mod mother uh of There'll all be things two discords i'm just um kicked out of yeah <laughs> all things wait wait you got kicked out of the official what is wrong with you man <laughs> um, even oh, I haven't been kicked out of the official. I mean, I it's not <laughs> permanent. I haven't been like I've been removed from official on more than one occasion, but but they always let me back in. <laughs> they always they've always let me back in eventually. All right, I just had to write two hundred lines on the chalkboard and turn it in. 
197 additional messages in the Talking Trek server sound off. Thank you guys so very much. Uh, 293 people in our live studio audience. Appreciate you guys all being here. My name is Ultimate DJs, and thank you for being a part of the studio audience here today uh, so very much. Uh, yeah, Jess says, listen, who hasn't been kicked from official? Jess says, me, actually. <laughs> There's a reason. <laughs> I mean, you. Then you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> you are not trying hard enough. All right. If you haven't been able to Do remove better. yourself from the official Discord, then get gooder. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> get more gooder. <laughs> get more gooder. All right. Uh, appreciate you guys all being here. Uh, also, to the panel. Uh, of course, you can hear uh, Captain Marcus here. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Hey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What's Karkin is hanging out. Putz is here, I believe. Steven Zarin uh, dabbling in there. Also, uh, yep. Bubba Joe hanging out. How you doing today, buddy? It sounds like you're in the car. I, I am in the car driving home. It will sound better soon. All right. I well, I mean, you sound, you sound pretty good, but we do, we do like it when you sound better. Yeah, I know. Whale alert. Whale alert. He's trying to get home before the streetlights come on. He's trying to get home so that he can figure out uh, <laughs> how to claim all of his Alliance mission tokens or whatever they are from the from the STFC store. Uh, that's right. That is up. And, and Bubba, I would imagine that you are just tripping over yourself uh, with this new syndicate event. As a matter of fact, I know who is, ladies and gentlemen, live from Server 20, Resident Shewell. Trader is super excited about <laughs> Dixon Hill and Pick Riker. Oh, I know. Listen, you guys don't know it yet. You don't know it yet, but those two officers are going to be critical to your G6 success. All right? I'm just here to tell you. They are the key. These two officers are the key to surviving G6. Trader, would you not agree? (laughs) Trader's like... Oh, absolutely. I mean, who who wouldn't be tripping over themselves? Who's not yep. tripping over themselves on this syndicate event? You know, it's it's funny. So many people, so many people have been messaging me asking, yo, DJ, when's the syndicate event coming? And I've been having to tell people the, the typical line, Bubba Joe. Well, it's coming. It will happen. But it will be TBD. It'll be a surprise. When it shows up, it shows up. What can you do in the meantime? What can you do to protect yourself or insulate yourself? Well, just wait until after event reset to do your syndicate-related uh, redemptions. You know, really simple. Don't claim the dailies. You know, uh, open the chest after event reset. That one's a really simple one to prepare yourself for. And I'm so glad that people took the advice, Bubba Joe. I'm so glad <laughs> that people actually took the time to insulate themselves and prepare for maximum efficiency in this particular syndicate event because who doesn't be so worth it absolutely it is okay anybody who didn't save up is just going to be kicking themselves i mean pick riker increasing your base weapon damage by 500 percent on combat start against a player battleship for the duration of combat you know what you guys don't know what you guys don't know is that G6, all right, is all battleships. Uh, 100%. So pick Riker, again, officer of choice in G6, Trader. There you go. All your explorer and, uh, and interceptor officers, they're done uh, once G6 starts. It'll be 100%, 100% battleships. 
Okay, so all pick, battleships all the time. Pick Riker going to be absolutely crucial, uh, and then of course Dixon Hill. I mean, come on, Trader, because G six. What what would be this game if we weren't able to mine? Right? What would be this game if we weren't actually able to mine? So um, Dixon Barnett? Hill, Dixon Hill will be able to increase your mining speed by forty five percent. I've been told. I've been told that Dixon Hill is a fantastic officer to uh, stash on the on the lower deck of your USS Voyager. All right, he belong. We should stop now. I, I can't even get yeah. through that with a straight face. I'm getting depressed. Did you, did you not hear Trader's answer? <laughs> I must have missed it. What? <laughs> you asked her what would this game be if you weren't able to mine. Uh huh. And what her she answer say? was fun. Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I was just giving my own guess. <laughs> oh, woo. Oh. around each other too much, DJs. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> All right. So, yes, obviously, there's the syndicate <laughs> what was event. That? There's the syndicate event. I, I am going to be the first to tell you, Bubba Joe. I will not blow multiphasics on this particular event. I, I'm just, you know, I'll do my daily, what? I'll do my daily redeems. I'll, I'll take a shard or two. Big deal. Not a big, you know, whatever. I'm just, you know, this one, this one doesn't, uh, this one doesn't make my hair stand up on end. Um, <laughs> that being said, there will be others. They can't all be amazing. Like this one is most certainly, absolutely, one thousand percent not. All right, but, but it, but it can, it can be better in the future. <sighs> Anywho, syndicate event. How many of you guys were were very very excited to see this? I know you've been you've been I messaging. Just, a lot of people I, they, been messaging. They have done they have done such a good job of getting quality officers into the syndicate event. I want to know either that has been completely accidental for the last six months. No. Or somebody at Scopely thinks this officer is good. No, listen, can I just be honest with you? All right, because I, I had a chance to, to ask about this, get a little bit of insight. Uh, Syndicate Advancement is is being used as a sourcing engine a little bit more here. And I, and I understand, you know, it, when, when we talk about multiphasics and Syndicate, we're talking about, you know, traditionally, if you were going to max this, then it's for people who spend, and I get that. But, but we have proven... 100% how you can get the first two milestones with this if you've got the Mantis, which most people should by now. So, um, you know, it, it is still technically kind of a sourcing mechanism, Bubba Joe, and they've been putting officers in there that either have no sourcing or have little sourcing or have been relatively new officers. So I'm, I am fundamentally not going to bust their chops too awful bad for putting Picard uh, seasonal officers in here. And, and and, you know, we can look at this and say, well, truthfully, if you were able to grab, you know, between six and ten shards out of this thing, then you're probably, that's fine, okay? Again, this particular month, not exciting to me. But, you know, some people, some people like it. I can see it in the chat. Dixon Hill has a decent impact on traditional regular miners. I do mathematically, abstractly disagree with that statement, but he does actually improve Mining speed, a teeny tiny little bit. All right. And Lieutenant Bennett is right. There will be people that may have missed the sourcing in its opening month, Bubba Joe. Maybe this event unlocks Dixon Hill for somebody. Maybe it unlocks Riker for somebody. So um, it, it, 
is there. It is sourcing. And just because this particular officer is not one that that I am excited about, that doesn't mean that nobody will be. Um, and for that reason, the fact that it is a relatively new officer in the game, I'm not going to bust their chops too awful bad, Bubba Joe. It's certainly not the best selection of officers we've ever seen, but they can't all be you know, 10 out of 10 grand slams. Okay. So yes, um, they can. <laughs> yes, they can. Gosh, darn it. Okay. Please, please put the EMH in there. That would have been, that would have been. This is, no, no, no. If this was a leaderboard and they wanted to say, Hey, we're going to let people that want to go after this, they can go after, they can put whatever multiphasics or whatever effort they want to do to put into this. Right. But it's a milestone and you you are willfully saying, yeah, that, 98% of the community that think these two officers are terrible, yeah, we don't want them to participate in this. We don't want them to give us any money. We don't want them to spend any multiphasics. We are putting this in there for the 2% of the community. They 100% control this and 100% screwed it up. I got a take on this. Uh, go ahead, Mark. What do you got? We, we, we got to... We gotta move off this subject. I can already sense us going down a rabbit hole here. What do you got, Mark? This event is just like um, what Brie Larson said about Captain Marvel. If you don't like it, it's not for you. Yeah, there you go. All right, maybe they made up for it, Bubba Joe. Maybe they made up for it in this month's Treasury, which on the other side of the same coin actually looks pretty dang on good. All right, if we're taking a look at Treasury this month, we have materials. Uh, of course, you know, I always look at the materials in this thing. You got materials uh, that looks like this is probably what, Bubba Joe, reminiscent of a station pack. All right, you got equal of the three materials. You do have, actually, it's got good dilithium in it, so it could be yeah, it's uh, very much like a research a pack. Research pack um, but no speed-ups, and the materials are all equal. Usually speed-ups or uh, research packs will see a heavier concentration of gas. We don't have that in this particular Not case. Not for G5. Oh, okay. All right, didn't know that. Uh, so, yeah, we do see that the materials are pretty well balanced, but we do see a very good amount of dilithium. And I will point out that that is typically, in my case, Bubba Joe, what I look at. When I'm looking at the treasury... I am looking at the materials and the resources because those are choke points. That's what I need. That's why I buy it because this particular treasury uh, pack is, you know, whatever, 130 or 140% of what a traditional uh, research pack would be in this case. And then you've got the officers kind of as, in my view, added value. Although, Bubba Joe, uh, in lieu of a phenomenal uh, syndicate event this month, we do have what some players are calling a pretty phenomenal treasury. You got 20 Hugh Shards in there, 20 Jayla, and 20 Gold Ducat, all three officers of which who are extremely difficult to source if it's possible to source them at all. Uh, Bubba Joe, take a quick peek at the treasury. How do you feel about the treasury before we get into our stupid news? It's late. So there was a discussion uh, right after event launch. Uh, there were a lot of people that were bagging on the treasury. And so I said, hey, it has the materials you would expect it to have. Mm -hmm. It has two of the three officers are not only extremely relevant, but are exceptionally good in Ducat and Hugh. Yeah. And it has Jayla, which some people still want to have Jayla. So they can, you know, there's it's it's not a very sourced officer. So mm -hmm. that's a really good place to get some Jayla shards. So all of that is very positive. Yeah. I, I think I where some people are looking at it, is if you recall, DJ, 
how many research packs have you had to buy in your history of playing Star Trek Fleet Command? Oh, I, I, I've bought a couple. It's not a ton. All right, I've not okay. bought how a many, ton. How many station packs have you had to buy in your Star Trek Fleet Command history? I've had to buy more of those. Yes. Yes. And so most players, until you get to the extremes of that, like at 39, when I got to 39, I was there for like six or eight months or whatever. I bought research packs because that's all I was working on was research. I didn't build my station anymore. It didn't need any more steel. And when I got to 50, I did the same thing. Well, now I'm at 60. The pack I might go buy is a research pack because I need the lithium. But up until that point, I didn't need the lithium. I had more than enough to lithium to go do whatever it is I needed to go do. And I think that what most players are seeing is I have enough to lithium. I don't need a research pack. I was never going to buy a research pack. And so this doesn't have as much value. And I get that. But that's only one of the one of the three things that I look for in a treasury. The first is materials. The second is officers. And then the third is resources. And really, there is kind of a fourth category of what else does it have? And this one kind of strikes out in the what else. There's no ship parts. There's no speed ups. That's a little odd, in my opinion. But the officers are out of this world and uh, the resources are where they should be. They're just of a resource that's not as highly needed at a lot of ops levels. And then the materials are what they are. So I don't have a problem with this treasury. I wish it had speed ups because a research pack should have speed ups, but um, that's not that's not holding me up this month. I don't think that's a big that doesn't uh, give me any pause. This is a good treasury. I agree, and uh, and and we're seeing perfect evidence of that in the chat right now. Oh well, you know. 20 shards of an officer that you might need 21 for, for an officer that has no sourcing, does you no good, and and it might not do you any good today. I, I understand and, and can even empathize with that point, but Trader, you've also given me the same warning before when it comes to, for example, way back when, I, seriously, anytime I'm thinking about officer shards, I go back to what Trader said to me when Honor Guard Wharf came out, and Honor Guard Wharf had some early sourcing there in like syndicate events and solo milestones trader you said chase every shard you can because every shard yeah. that you get is one less shard that you have to find later when sourcing may change right so correct if you are looking at Hugh, for example here's where i'm at right now bubba joe i i have 63 out of 240 for the next tier of you. All right, well, I'm a long ways off. 20 is not changing my meta today. However, 20 Hugh shards is 20 less than I'm going to have to worry about a little bit later. And uh, and if I'm looking at the value of this officer, if he's an officer that I, uh, that I intend on tearing up, if he's an officer that I value on tearing up, then the, that's going to look valuable to me. I will kind of point I, out, based I, on some of the math that we've done, hang on one second, Bob, uh, some of the math sure. that we've done regarding Hugh, I'm just going to ask, you know what, maybe Bubba was going here. I'm going to ask Bubba this question. If I'm looking at these three officers, which of these three actually stands to get me more benefit by tiering it? Um, that's a good question. It is probably Ducat. Ah, I think so as well. Killer Ab says Hugh. Um, and, and here's where Blue Mandalorian and Jules Verne have done some analytics for us. Hugh is a massively important officer on the unlock. 
All right, massively important. And while he does provide some benefit as you tear him up, he is so powerful. He is so potent, Bubba Joe, that Hugh gives so much more value on the unlock and incremental, smaller incremental uh, improvement as you tear him up. Uh, Hugh is one of those where, like, you need to be 1,000% prioritized on the unlock. Tear-ups can come as they may. And I might point out, statistically, he's – I would probably consider Hugh more important statistically as a lower decker, Bubba Joe, than I would on his his ability as far as it growing by by tearing. Gold Ducat, on the other hand, absolutely – a very strong and very tangible benefit by tearing him up. Um, Hugh, again, not taking anything away from him, but I think his his benefit to tearing Bubba Joe probably, truthfully, lies a little bit more in stats than it does in his actual ability because he's so daggone strong in Tier 1. So that's not actually where I was going to go, but I agree with everything you just said. Um, my point was that the difference in between getting 20 shards here and investing in the Syndicate event is that these officers, with the exception of Jayla, has some limited use up until, you know, you're in your uh, upper 40s or so. Um, after that, you don't really need to be hitting Swarm much, and, and she's there are better crews for hitting Swarms once you're there. Um, the, you want to max both of these officers. Like, you're talking about incremental changes, but you're also talking about a Borg that's going to all but solve your crew statistics for your ship potentially single-handedly once you max it. You are going to want to max both Hugh and Ducat. You will, if there was to be open, if they were to put both of those into transporter patterns tomorrow, every player in the game would go, okay, well, I can only do one, or I can only put them in here. They would be instantly become one of the two of the most important officers to invest in transporter patterns. Like, those shards are invaluable. Mm-hmm. Compare that to if Pick Riker was put into transporter patterns tomorrow... <laughs> Yeah, if I had a few extra transporter patterns to kind of lose and not care about, I would throw him into Riker, but he would be much, much lower the list. And so getting shards of him is not as important because you may never max him as a player. I mean, the Waleyest Whales probably will, but not your average player may never max him because he just doesn't have much use. Right. So I just wanted to make sure that people were not going to come back and try and twist the words that we were saying of, hey, every shard is valuable. Well, that's true. But in this case, all of those shards are of officers that are extremely valuable as compared to what they put in the syndicate. Anyway, so we can get off the syndicate. We can get off of this. We can move on. I just wanted to make sure that that point was, you know, we're not speaking out of both sides of our mouth. There's a difference. Every shard you can get of a valuable officer is extremely valuable, even if it doesn't get you a tier Hey, DJ. Yes, sir. Hey, DJ. Um, I would like to say that I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about, because guess what? You don't, I don't have a treasury? I don't have a treasury this month. What? It did not happen. <laughs> Why? That's the second time that's happening. How many of you guys out and there the don't have a treasury? with you. And with you. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe so, that's it. Maybe, maybe you're bugged with you. Maybe you already have a tier five Hugh, and it's like, oh, you don't need a treasury. <laughs> I don't know, but, but I I am I am exactly twenty shards away from tier three on Ducat right now. I just oh, checked. Oh no! I'm, I'm I'm dying. I'm I'm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not I'm, laughing at you. I promise. No, no, I'm, it's fine. I can't even sit down right now. I'm so mad. Like I'm standing up, pacing. 
I'm, All right. Well, anyways, <laughs> that's that. Maybe Jess can help you out. <laughs> oh, send me. Yeah, official moderator Jess is here. All right. Uh, no, in all in all seriousness, uh, just shoot me that that same information I asked you for last time. Being that we're at the front end of a seven day period, I, I might I might be able to to possibly uh, help. We cut, couldn't last time. But you know, maybe, right. yeah, maybe I get we're early on. This <laughs> I time. just wanted to mention it in case somebody else was in the same. Does anybody else up? Is anybody else out there missing a treasury? That is so odd. I don't understand. I don't. I don't get it. How does that even happen? Uh. Anyway. All right. Well, we've done. Listen, we've done thirty minutes of show, Bubba. Do you even want to go back and do the stupid news? Because I feel like we're in it. We're in it. But where'd Bubba go? <laughs> Bubba must be going into the house. All right, Bubba's like, uh, yeah, listen, no stupid news yet. Ain't nobody got time for that. I always have time for the stupid He's news. He's transitioning. Uh, yeah, d- while we're waiting on Bubba to actually transition, you guys want you guys want the stupid news? I can do that very quickly. Um, wh- while yeah, we're waiting. we want the stupid news. <laughs> okay, hey, hey, all righty then. Ladies and gentlemen, live from all across the world, it is Hit time it. for your Talking Trek Stupid News headlines. Stupid, stupid news. news. It's time for your stupid news. Yeah. Uh, let me let me get this thing pulled up here. Here we go. Okay. Oh. You guys, you guys have no idea. Like I'm actually, I'm actually doing multiple things that I should not be doing during a show. Trying to. Okay. Uh, let's see. Research. <laughs> this is good. This is good right here. All right. Researchers, Trader, are using tiny trackable pants on poison frogs in South America to learn more about their migration and navigational habits. Um, yes, they're putting pants on them, on the little tiny pants on frogs. Uh, so that they can learn about their habitat and, you know, their migration patterns and all that stuff. And also, when it's time for them to host a podcast, because <laughs> pants come off. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, clearly, the frogs don't actually work from home because they're actually wearing pants. Uh, in other news, CW has renewed the fan favorite Superman and Lois for a shortened 10-episode season four. Uh, yeah. 10 episodes. It's a shorter season, Trader. So, uh, but, but, don't worry. The 30 people who watched the CW said they were fine with it. It's better than nothing. All right. <laughs> All 30 hey, of them. Hey, All 30 of them. Show. I've enjoyed it. Listen, the show might be fine, but I mean, seriously, who actually watches the CW? All right. Oh, well, I watch the show, but not on the CW. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Denver Nuggets. And their fan base continued to celebrate as the franchise won their first NBA championship uh, this past week. Got to feel good for Denver sports fans because they do deserve this. They absolutely do after sitting through a full season of Russell Wilson's Broncos. <laughs> yes, you guys, you guys have been waiting for it. There you go. 
Uh, nearly a quarter million vehicles built by Toyota, Kia, and Land Rover have been recalled this past week over a range of issues, including the loss of brake power, taillight failure, and faulty airbags. So, yes. Yes, a quarter million vehicles, which means that this is the one time Mazda drivers don't actually regret their purchase. All right? Yeah. Good job. Good you, job. You, you guys made a good choice. Car. Do what? You don't need any of that stuff in a car, do nah, you? Nah, nah. The U.S. National Airbag. Highway Traffic Safety Administration issued recalls on over 100,000 Kia Sportage SUVs alone. Luckily, we haven't heard anybody. Uh, we haven't heard about anybody being injured or killed, thankfully. So Kia owners Yet. can simply go back to dying of embarrassment. Sorry, sorry, what's wrong with Kias? Nah, nothing. Don't worry about it. King Charles was said to be sad and bewildered by the legal crusade his son, Prince Harry, has launched against the British newspaper group and his continued attacks on the UK's institutions. But people remind him it could be worse. Seriously, it absolutely could be worse. Your son could be named Hunter. <laughs> and he could own a Kia. Yeah, that's, uh, that's true. 43-year-old singer Khalees. You guys remember Khalees? How many of you guys old enough to remember Khalees? Khaleesi? Khalees. Khalees. 43-year-old singer Khalees says she has no interest in addressing speculation that she's dating 72-year-old Bill Murray, which is absolutely fair. Bubba Joe, whose diapers she chooses to change is absolutely none of y'all's business. Okay, you don't have to worry about it. It's private. Her milkshake who brought won, Bill Murray to the yard, <laughs> and she's like, there's no Viagra in y'all's. Dang right, there's no Viagra in y'all's. Thank you. You know what? I was waiting. That, okay. It, it could have been better. That could have been better. Could have been better? <laughs> the whole thing is bad. I'm not entirely sure that could have been worse. Oh, DJs, could it? you're making this arc look good. Thank you. Oh, God. Jeez. Uh, wow, that's, that's oh, mean. That's, that's <laughs> harsh words. That's what she said. Stop. All right, fine. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Milkshake brought Bill Bruh. Murray to the yard. Come on. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get my money back? Uh, no, but you can. Oh, God. Okay. Hang on. Ladies and gentlemen, while I try to compose myself, let's head on over to the worldwide world of sports with sports director Bubba Joe. What do you got well, for us? Well, I'm, I'm a little upset. You already delivered a sports joke, and, and now you got this one for me. You know, this is okay, but uh, you know, I thought I was going to handle all the sports jokes. Oh, you want? No, I, I've always sent you. You want all of them? Here, I'll send you this other one. <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. No, no, no. Okay. no, no I'm going to send you this one, but I didn't feel like you would. I feel like that one is borderline offensive, so I wasn't going to make you read it, but okay, go right ahead. There you go, Bubba Joe. <laughs> We're going to wrap up the stupid news with two sports stories today. Go ahead. Everybody get ready. All right. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Everyone remembers Wait. Aaron Rodgers. Who do he used to play for? Wait. What? I did not did, send did, you an Aaron Rodgers joke. Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, Aaron Rodgers recently <laughs> said that preparing for this upcoming NFL season with the Jets has been, quote, 
the most fun I've had in a while. That seems like a dig at somebody. I wonder who that's a dig at. <laughs> he's going rogue. But, you know, yeah. that's that's great. That's great because once the jet seasons start, he's going to be miserable. Oh, oh you're right. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Oh, I got it. I, I wasn't you. ready yet. However, <laughs> nobody is more miserable during the season than the Jets fans. That's true. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a thing. Uh, that's a thing. Okay, thank you. Is, is that all, Bubba Joe, or do you have more? No, I got a second one. I got a second one, although I'm not sure how much this is a sports joke. It's more of just a, <laughs> uh, a Florida Man Friday joke. But uh, here we go. Firefighters in South Carolina recently... Oh, well, hang on. I got a Windows update covering my screen. <laughs> Firefighters in South Carolina... <laughs> the Windows doesn't want me to read this joke. It's so bad. Firefighters in South Carolina recently ejected an unwanted visitor after an alligator wandered into their station. But they probably would have been way more disturbed if members of the Florida Gators entered the station. Yes. That was Clearly... Clearly teasing because the Florida Gators never show up in a fire station, only the police stations. Boom! Oh! 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 Wow! Oh! Thank you. There it is. That was one hundred percent. That was great. That was that, uh, was that. See again, again, sending Bubba Joe my best stuff. Okay, I just want to throw that out there. I send him the best. Stuff. All right. Saved it for last. That's right. <laughs> Jay Berg How can you says, lose with a dig at Florida? <laughs> Jay Berg says, joke of the day goes to Bubba Joe. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, is that E-G? U-G? U-G? U-G says, leave my gators alone. I'm sorry. I mean, but, but you know. <laughs> All right. He says, close enough. U-G. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Uh, leave the leave my gators alone, Viper. So here, let me let me explain to the European audience. The Florida Gators are an NCAA college football team, infamous for theoretically, uh, it, it, theoretically infamous for recruiting some amazing talent, but for whatever reason, only accepting said talent if they bring along at least a felony criminal record. Um, and and uh, that that probably. Can I can I just say I don't know this to be fact, but I would say probably what and and this is not BS. What thirty percent of their roster actually have arrest records? I mean, it's it's actually really high. Okay, the Captain Planet says they actually fit into Florida better uh, since they do have an arrest record. It's it's possible. It's possible. Anyway, all right. There's some context uh, on that. Joke. That's totally agreeable. <sighs> okay, <laughs> Lord Neelix says well. I'm sleeping now. All right. I thought that was the best one, but okay. Anyway, um, Bubba Joe, thank you very much uh, for being here. Let's talk about uh, epic Captain Catherine Janeway. Shout out Griffin. Shout out Griffin. Hashtag Griffin was right, Bubba Joe. We theorized. We postulated. Yo, what's up, Ripper? Ripper is here. He just snuck in. What you doing? It's really late. Isn't it like after midnight? Not quite. Oh, it's not not quite midnight, but I just finished the stream, so you know. Oh, how's ladder? Ladder's good. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Keeps moving. Wait, it's moving on his own. Oh yeah. Creepy, creepy ladder. I like mischievous ladder. I need to get you those lights. We need to dress ladder up. I'm sure he's tired of being naked. Yeah, ladder mm -hmm. needs some bling. Ladder needs a little bit of bling. Yeah. It's been it's been a lot 
though, you know? I've been, I've not even been back here in a month. Louis P, I have the lights. Here's the problem. I screwed up when I put them on throne. It shipped me the lights instead of shipping them to Ripper. And now, if I ship them to Ripper, it's going to cost $17,000. So, I, <laughs> somehow. Wait, do, do, you even, do you even have my current address? I hope that includes tax. Uh, no, that, that's pre-tax, okay? That's subtotal. Uh, uh, yeah, so I've got to actually send them. unacceptable. Or just order new ones online, and I guess I'll keep the ones that Louis P. sent because I screwed it up. Instead of having them direct ship to Ripper where it would be affordable, now I've got to put them in a box and they'll get there sometime by next July. If they get there at all. Well, next July I probably won't be here. So. Well, you just <laughs> want me to hang on to them until you move to the States? Oh, that'd be lucky. I don't know, I don't know when that will be, so probably not a good idea. All right, but, well. You know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Captain Planet says, surely there are only four lights. Why does it cost so much? <laughs> <laughs> Ding, ding for you, buddy. All right. Uh, Ripper, well welcome. Played, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, appreciate you being here. Uh, thank you for dropping in. Bubba Joe, this past weekend, uh, we had uh, an auction. And this auction, for some people, was a gamble. For some people, it was hit or miss. Now, listeners of this show, listeners of our Twitch, they knew going in, Bubba Joe, because we found out late. We found out late, and we confirmed for our listening audience that Janeway would indeed be an additive, not a multiplicative bonus, basically meaning that she was going to add 10% isolytic damage to whatever you had, even if you had 0%. Bubba Joe, if you had 0%, then we received confirmation from game design that Janeway would, in fact, take your 0% and give her or give you 10%, all right? If you had 1% or 1.5% or 2%, she would add 10% to that, giving you 12% or 11.5%, whatever. That made her, as you said, an invaluable officer to chase with respect sure. to isolytic damage. All right, so uh, we are going to do a little bit more of a deep dive on isolytic here before too awful long. However, what we do want to actually point out is that this particular officer, this particular officer surprised some people and is highly effective, Bubba Joe, and then even for those who knew that she was going to be an additive ability, still somehow yet came back and surprised us. All right? Today, what we're going to do is we're going to tell you all about Epic Captain Catherine Janeway, why she needs to be a priority for you, why she could be, Bubba Joe, one of the top three or maybe top five most relevant officers in the game from this point moving forward. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about some of the targets that she will work best on. And then we're going to talk about why her value in the future will only grow will only get better, and why we take a look towards this weekend, 72 hours from right now. And, uh, and again, I remind you that while there is a week three scheduled auction, uh, we have been told that it is tentative. I have encouraged people to look at the first two weeks as being their guaranteed sourcing plan. Now, I do think, based on what I saw, Bubba Joe, 
based on what I saw from week one, I would imagine that most people probably did see some value in this officer. Hopefully they they uh, did do some investing, so forth and so on. So I'm hoping that Scopely saw enough value there that they'll leave her in place for week three. Um, but I don't know. Scopely has not told me yes or no. They haven't confirmed. They haven't made any changes. But you know, Bubba Joe, sometimes those changes come and sometimes we're not told about them in advance. So what That's we true. know is that this weekend is your second and possibly final opportunity at sourcing Janeway this month. So we need to take a look at what she does. And if you were somebody so, who decided to sit back on this, why is she important, Bubba Joe? Well, and I'd like to revisit the uh, Griffin was right discussion. Okay, fair enough. Let's. I think let's that start. Griffin was partially right. What do you mean by and that? And we were partially right. Okay. <laughs> but you know what? Griffin was more right. Uh, and, and his and her impact. We can on the both game. be right. Yeah, that's that's true. We could both be right. We could yes. both be right on that. Um because because Griffin, you know what? I am gonna go with Bubba Joe just for just for funsies, Griffin. I'm gonna go with Bubba Joe and say that she does have a multiplicative ability. Okay. Uh, it, it is interesting. It's almost like a multiplicative additive carry the one square root of, of four multiplied by the sum of n, okay? Uh, because, Griffin, she actually does have a multiplicative ability or a multiplicative outcome. Now, um, <laughs> Dreamweaver says, come on, let's just concentrate on the good things. I think that this is actually good. Bubba Joe, let's start with let's start with Griffin's theory as compared to my theory as it pertains to her officer ability uh with with a normal shot in the battle log. Let's start with where Griffin was right. Can you explain to the people what Janeway does? Sure. Janeway, uh if you have no other uh abilities, Janeway is going to give you 10% isolated damage and that the way isolytic damage is calculated is you take the isolytic percentage and you multiply that number times the total damage you would do um, in the battle. So your total is after hull breach, after criticals, after everything else. You take that damage, and that's the damage that's going to be used to calculate your isolytic damage. All right, fair enough. So, in other words, she is a uh, Janeway is a net, get this, a net 10% addition to damage. Yes. Right. Absolutely flipping massive. Now, to address one thing that I heard uh, at the beginning of the arc, Bubba Joe. Now, I, at this point, I think there was a lot of question and a lot of curiosity about what Isolytic was going to do. There was some fear, uh, even, that some people said, well, Isolytic sounds like it's going to be an inhibitor to punching up. As a matter of fact, Bubba Joe, I think we found the exact opposite. This is a net add, and more than that, it's a it's a pretty potent net add. It's a net add not impacted by any current mitigation in the game. Goes straight 80-20, shield hole split. So if anything, isolytic damage, increasing your isolytic damage, will in fact assist you in punching up in a significant manner once your isolytic research gets a little bit stronger. Or you know, you get Janeway or tear her up. I mean, 
net yield in just damage. Then, Bubba Joe, I don't even know how you would mathematically go about uh, calculating her effectiveness when you bypass all the mitigation. It just goes straight 80-20 split. I mean, that that is probably – there probably is technically a way to calculate that. Putts would probably have to help us with that. But 10% net yield increase to damage is not the percentage of effectiveness that Isolytic provides. It's it's even more valuable Correct. In, in effectiveness. So it's pretty dang on significant what Janeway is doing. So – uh, in the so, form so that- so uh, before we get too far, I want to address a comment in the chat. So next month, new officer to chase will negate Janeway. Why is that not likely, DJ? That is not likely because Janeway is not a PvP officer. Janeway exactly. is PvE, uh, non-player hostiles and armadas. So there's there's no reason. There's nothing that another player could do to impact uh, your Janeway, which is also probably, if I had to guess why Janeway is so flippin' powerful, okay? If, if I can see, you know, when Strike Team came out and we said it flipped PvP on its head, okay? If Janeway had been PvP, oh, I can see the tears. I can see the impact. Um, it it would have been lights out in a lot of cases, depending on what other officers came with her. Um, that being said... This is a PvE officer. So there's nothing that another player is going to do to counter you or counter Janeway uh, at this time, not the way that she's written. Can there be isolytic abilities in the future? Sure. There are already PvP isolytic abilities in the game. They're not from an officer, but they are from artifacts. Okay? There are isolytic uh, PvP uh, isolytic impactors in artifacts currently that are actually in the Voyager loop. So there will be some offensive and defensive isolytic research introduced. But as it pertains to Janeway, we don't have to worry about that right now, Bubba. Correct. So in the kind form kind of in the form that Griffin was right means that she is just adding 10% to whatever your isolytic damage output is. Pretty Dagon massive. Now, yep. The we're not going to get into the impact of Pike and Picard just yet, Bubba Joe. We will. All right. But let's talk about how you and I could have been right when we said it could be an a, a multiplicative ability. This is where Griffin and I actually kind of playfully argued. Uh, I said, no, there's no way that she's going to be additive. That would make her way too good. She's going to be multiplicative, (laughs) meaning that if you had 1% damage, that she was going to get you 1.1%, Bubba Joe. That was my theory. Bubba Joe, tell the community how it could be interpreted that I was actually right with her multiplicative tendencies. Because she is doing that as well. Wait. What? Are you saying, Baba Joe, that Epic Captain Catherine Janeway is both an additive and a multiplicative ability? That's what I'm saying. How is that possible? Uh, Scopely. <laughs> Scopely math, everybody. 
All right. Now, Captain Planet says the multiplicative bit is irrelevant for the most part. I think I disagree. Only because this is early. Okay? It's early. And we we know that right now 1%, 2%, that stuff is early figures. It's going to grow. Okay? It's going to grow. Now, I do see uh, in the chat, Spock Monkey says, why do I now believe that the additive part was the mistake? I don't. Only in my conversations, Bubba Joe, because they told me for sure that it was additive. Like, that was their intent, Bubba Joe. If anything, yeah. this multiplicative The multiplicative bit is probably the mistake. Is probably the bug, all right? It's probably the bug and could be a bug that they fix, Bubba Joe. However, I would kind of come back and say to Captain Planet, if they did fix it, it wouldn't be a major, major loss, at least at this stage, because it is certainly less relevant than the additive part. Okay. So Griffin has a pretty (laughs) strong record of not what most players would call nerf uh, officers in this game, even when it's kind of necessary. So, Mm -hmm. and this one would not be necessary. This is a, this is a definitely a secondary effect, right? You know, adding multiple, that multiplicative part, is that because the whole damage is like being calculated after Janeway? So it's adding in her ISO damage? No. Calculating so what, ISO damage? What's happening is, is let's say you have 5% isolytic damage naturally. Through artifacts. Janeway is going from through artifacts. Janeway is going to, to add 10% and then add half a percent to, so you would have 15.5%, not just 15%. So what's what's actually happening mathematically is that she is multiplicatively uh, affecting the artifact. So in, in Bubba Joe's case, uh, at 5%, or in my case, I'm at 1%, uh, then what I would actually get as an effect from the artifacts would be 1.1%, all right? And then she's going to add the 10% back on. So I would get 11.1% out of using Janeway. Uh, if my artifacts were at 1%. I've seen some other people who said that they were at uh, 2% who actually ended up getting 13%, Bubba Joe, which makes sense. Um, what that what that would be then is 2%. Um, it's not quite 13%, but but it was more than, more than the 12% they were supposed to have. It would be 2% multiplied by 10%, so that would be 2.2, Bubba Joe, then add 10, so they would be getting a net yield of 12.2%. Now, where has this happened before, and why do we feel that Scopely may or may not pay attention? First of all, um, Bubba Joe is right. It's a paid officer, comes out. They have, in the past, Bubba Joe, made adjustments to things that could break. Okay, This, I don't think, is one of those things. If I am a Scopely project manager, and I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, kind of like Captain Planet says, this is a very, very small impact piece. We're talking 2% more than what the player should have, or not even, sorry, 0.2% more than what the player should have, right? Uh, Bubba, if you've got 5% isolated damage, we're talking 0.5% more than what you are supposed to have. Is that game-breaking? I say probably not, okay? Nope. I think they got bigger fish to fry. But it's also not the first time it's happened. Uh, happened. Nakar, you are correct. Galinar was the first documented case of somebody having a, a dual 
a dual calculated ability. Okay, meaning that he boosts the loot and then he also boosts the exocomps that boost loot. All right. So Galinar was another example when it came to reputation. All right. No Griffin. They haven't fixed Galinar, which is actually kind of the point. All right. They have not changed Galinar in any way, shape or form. But what was Galinar's net yield, Bubba Joe? It ended up being like what? An extra one percent. Not a huge deal. Right. All right. Same thing is what we're seeing here. And and this is why I do kind of I do kind of poke a little bit of fun. I do kind of tease a little bit. This is how detailed and how complicated this game has become in calculations and buffs and code is that there's there's a gazillion groups of parentheses, Bubba Joe. All right, and somehow when they're adding in these abilities, when they're when they're adding in these factors, somehow this this goes back. You know what? I might even say that this is not Galinar was not the first time it happened. Janeway is not the second time it happened. Uh, there were two other abilities in the game from very very early where abilities were accidentally doubled. Does anybody yeah. remember? Who remembers? Mike. Uh, uh, Pike, the original Pike, his ability was accidentally doubled. There was one other one. Who knows? Uh, thank you, Star Ocean. The baby jelly, where its yes. ability was accidentally doubled. Not because it was supposed to be, not because it was written that way, just because that's how the code shook out. All right? The abilities were actually doubled. And it's not even because they can't do the math. It's because of the grouping and and the... And the way that these mathematical variables are calculated, I mean, Bubba, I'm Ripper. Let me ask you this. I'm no coder. All right. But if I was looking, if I was just a a common person, not Ripper style genius, not not Ripper genius, you're 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 pretty much a genius. But if you were looking at the buff resolver, as you've called it in the past, if you were looking at the buff resolver, do you imagine that that is simple to interpret if you're looking at it from a code perspective? Like, that that can't be easy, right? Rem- pretend that you're as dumb as I am. Looking at that would be like reading Greek, right? Knowing what aberrations buffs can have, I don't, I don't see that as a hugely complicated thing, to be honest. The, 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 the amount of the amount of operations they can do with those things are actually fairly limited. It's it's more about when things apply and get added to the list of active buffs. Right, which is order of operations, kind of, right? Uh, mm, order of operations, not necessarily. It's more like, so the doubling happened because triggers happened when they shouldn't happen. So combat start trigger deploy again with launch, which is what they call, and that was previously applied when undocking, and that kind of reapplied when combat started. That's why Pike was doubled in JD. Doesn't like that. Like the actual concept and operations of the actual buffs that are active is fairly simple. The Complication comes in of all the triggers that happen. Yup. See, 
this is this is the the dumb DJ part of it that has no idea what was just being said. All right, and 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 I would imagine that that Ripper has a unique perspective on that, Bubba Joe, being able to look at something like this and say, okay, this does this, this does that. Here's the trigger for this, and blah blah blah. Okay, I I can I can see Ripper being able to figure that out. I I think that if if we were somebody, especially if we're game design, okay, who, by the way, don't code, right? Game design creates. They do the math. They, they create this game feature that they want to see. They do the math. And then, Bubba, they send it off to be built. So it's not they don't even get to see their own code, all right? Then the people who are building it are like, okay, this is what they ordered. This is what... You know, we're going to put in here, but they may not have the perspective of this is actually what we want it to be. This is the the net yield or this is the outcome that we want. Like, this is what they said they wanted, so we stick it into the code. Okay? I, I think that this is actually a problem with pods. All right? I, I know that a lot of companies do it, including Scopely, I, I, but this is, this is where there's a lack of context and a lack of understanding between these two departments and what was envisioned mm. and what was actually built. Okay. And that's not the problem of the concept of pods though. Maybe not. It maybe just comes knowing, down to communication. I work in for Yeah, I know you work in companies. pods too. It does the same thing. It's not how that really works. There's like different teams and they have so they have game designers and they have game gameplay engineers. And those are usually like, you know, talking to each other. It could also be, yeah, I, I, Stout probably has it right. Imperial Stout says um, that's a problem with communication. And me says it could just be one, one interpretation. Thing, one thing that, that inherently complicates things is that, from what I know, quite a big part of game design is in L.A. Right? I uh, didn't think so, actually. No, I think game I think design is They're in, in Dublin. Dublin, yeah. I think we've only got one in L.A. Well, some 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 game design happens in LA, and some product management, and then you have all the people that actually work on this, like totally somewhere else, which is probably not simplifying things, and which is which really complicates the the, the you know the job for live ops because they're like, you know, when they want something, they have to talk to a team that is like nine hours apart, and yeah. like they start working and the people get off. That's like, you know. Very asynchronous communication, which is, I would argue, a mistake. Shouldn't do that in that way. Um, well, in this particular case, all right, and I, I'm going to encourage everybody to kind of take a little bit of a chill pill on this particular one. There's definitely been cases, Bubba Joe, where things have come out broken and, it, and it's screwed up and, and it doesn't do what we think it's going to do and we're all upset about it. In this particular case, I think we all just need to relax a little bit because it's actually player beneficial. <gasps> oh, gosh, DJ, don't say that. They're going to fix it. They always fix the player beneficial stuff. Except, Bubba, this is not a game-breaking thing. This is not no. mining iso- or mining latinum at 40 billion per second. This is not, um, you know, another Tau. This is not another Gala Gate. All right. This is a very simple, small, yet surprising, uh, pleasantly surprising side effect, which is a fraction of a percent extra damage. 
okay, which is fine. And again, why I don't think that they're going to come back around to it. And if they did, even if they did, ain't nobody hurt, all right, because and nobody going to claim or scream nerf because, again, the ability reads is the 10% additive. That was always intended. Uh, intended. If you got, Bubba Joe, 10.2% as a result, then big whoop. And if they did end up taking the 0.2% back somehow, then also big whoop. We still got the 10%, right? That's, that's what we're after. Yep. But in the, in the mathematical case, here's what she is doing. All right, so Griffin, we were kind of both right, although you had the intent correct all right she is additive that was her intent she's adding uh added added the <laughs> isolated damage but she will also multiply or give you a bonus against your current level of isolated damage with respects to artifacts uh whatever should be applying right there she'll give a 10 percent boost to that and then add that back to her 10 percent, and then add that to the overall okay so at max what's she gonna Come here 50, like, what's the maximum? 50% Karkin is her tier five ability. So let's pretend that we are two years into the game, Bubba Joe. Two two years further than today. You have your regular isolytic at what? Say 10%. And then you've got Janeway offering you a 50%. You're gonna end up with 65% isolytic boost. Now, that's pretty stinking big. Let's talk about that for a minute, Bubba Joe, when we're talking about punching up, the punch-up ability. Is this an officer that will prevent players from being able to punch up? I, I don't see that. Well, it all depends on what you compare her with, right? So the punch-up typically happens because you're able to do something extraordinary right uh let's talk about early on we're talking about pike murrow chen right the reason that you can punch up well beyond your weight class with pike murrow chen is that you're basically turning all the damage you're taking into just about nothing right that's an extraordinary type of thing if the hostile is dealing a lot of damage and you're dealing a lot of damage you may not be able to punch up very far right just because you have more damage doesn't mean you can punch up but if you are dealing more damage and you're able to mitigate some of the damage that means you can theoretically punch up quite a bit more so it all depends on what officers she ends up getting overall and we've only seen uh you know we've only seen really four so it depends on what officers she gets and what other abilities they have to determine how effective she is going to be at punching up because you need to kind of have both you either need to have you know, extraordinary defensive damage, so you're not taking any damage, so your damage just eventually wears them out. Or you need to have just enough mitigation and something like this to really punch up your damage to be able to punch up like that. But it really just depends on the specific hostile and situation. So let's talk about the third area of impact that that she is going to have with respect to amplifying her ability today. Hugo kind of jumps the gun in the chat a little bit, and Putz comes back and says, hey, to answer your question from earlier, Putz, and, and if you do you think you could summarize this in 20, 30 seconds for us? How much more effective is, say, 10% isolated damage over the course of a battle, given the fact that it's not being mitigated? 
How do you how do you quantify that? Oh, putts is not is not. Oh, there he is. Sorry, sorry. Uh, basically, twenty five percent less rounds. The fight will go minimally. You're probably going to get up to maybe thirty to thirty three percent less rounds with the multiplicative effect of the shields dropping earlier. Um, but that's the nuts and bolts after doing, you know, some rounding math. So taking out the mitigation does mean the shields we call that faster. napkin math. Napkin math. Yeah. Napkin math yeah. indicates that that you're going to you're going to end that battle approximately twenty five percent sooner. Ballpark. Yeah, because the, the shields will drop twenty five percent sooner, which means that, uh, you know, you have now twenty five percent more rounds of doing more damage to the hull. So the fight will actually, you know, like I said, I didn't take that into account, but it'll be 25% or less. I'm predicting if you've got a, a tier one Janeway, you're probably going to see somewhere around 30% less rounds. Okay. Very good. Now let's, uh, let's amplify her. Hugo is in our chat and says, well, guys, we, what, what we're talking about is all well and good, but, we did have the hypothesis prior to the start of this arc uh, or prior to the start of this weekend's auction, Bubba Joe. The hypothesis was because she is a start of battle trigger, we assumed that she was going to be very much like uh, Lorca, like uh, Gigi, like uh, Mud, right? Where, uh, actually not Mud. Uh, there was another officer. Anyway, that would not be impacted by Pike or Picard, right? We estimated that because of the way she was written in comparison to some other officers, that she would not have the impact uh, that Pike and Moreau or that Picard Beverly could offer. Bubba Joe, was that theory correct or incorrect? Incorrect. Wait. Are you saying that the massively important, crazy beneficial officer ability of Epic Captain Catherine Janeway already a huge impact into the game here at month one can actually be amplified by 220%? Yes, it can. Do the math. Well, it's a battle thing that would be, be 22%. discussed for the whole so 22% increase to isolytic with a Picard Beverly Janeway combination. Hmm. Divine says only if you got hull breach, not with Janeway. Remember, Janeway is just a net add. Doesn't require hull breach as far as Janeway goes. Now, some of the other artifacts are that way for sure. All right. Uh the Blade of Takan. Requires hull breach uh, and requires you to be on an interceptor. All right. Griffin says, wait, are we talking TNG Picard as captain? Yeah. We're talking about. Either one. We're talking about the the traditional boost officers, Pike Moreau or Picard Beverly. All right. You could take a tier one 10% Janeway and multiply that by 220% with Picard Beverly and Bubba Joe you still get that mitigation that we were talking about. You still get a little bit of crit build, not crit build, but crit improvement with Picard's officer ability. 
All right. One of the things that you were worried about, Bubba Joe, in using her as captain was the mitigation that you might lose. Now, what are you going to lose here? You are going to lose shield mitigation. But if you're maxing out your 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 debuff mitigation, so to speak, it, with Beverly, then maybe shield mitigation does actually become less important. Possibly. Maybe. because yeah, your, out, your output's going to more than likely be a lot stronger, so you're going to kill the fight, kill the hostile faster, which means overall you're going to end up taking less damage anyway. Exactly. And so, Cruzito, to sum it up, yes, her quote-unquote pre-battle ability, which is what we thought it was, the way that it was written, actually does work with Picard and Pike. It's not. It needs to be a, calculated every time through the whole fight. There's no way it could be pre-battle. Well, the every bit of damage each round is calculated, so it's she's activating every time damage is being emitted. There's no way that could happen just pre-fight. That's probably very logical, Karkin, to be honest with you, Bubba. That's probably an extremely logical, simple way of looking at it. He's probably exactly right. This is not, for example, a pre-battle just percentage chance of doing something. This is being calculated every single round, and therefore maybe is why it's actually working the way it is, Cruzito. All right? But yes, Pike and Picard do impact the amount of isolated damage that Janeway is pumping out. And therefore, Papa Joe, turning Janeway into a 22% at Tier 1, which in then uh, in turn is then coming back up to the artifacts, multiplying them by, by 1.22, and then adding the 22% to that figure for your total net yield. It's a very convoluted circle. So, again, let's pretend that you have 1% isolated damage. Actually, let's do 2%, Bubba Joe. Let's do 2% <coughs> dying. 2% isolated damage. Let's do hydrate. this one example. I do need to hydrate. Let's do this one example very quickly, and then we'll take our first break. Using 2% from artifacts, using Picard, Beverly, Janeway. Let's figure out our percentage of... Um, of isolytic. First of all, Picard, Beverly, Janeway is going to take a tier one Janeway, make it 22%. Are we all agreed there? Yep. Okay. So we're going to take 2% uh, from the artifacts, and we're going to multiply that by 1.22. Are we in agreement there? Yes? Why would you multiply them by 1.2? Because Janeway's ability is now 22% instead of 10%. So wouldn't you multiply it by 1.22? One that's what I said, 1.22. 1 plus the sum okay. of bonuses, 1.22. Uh, no, it's not. No game junior. Okay, so the 2.2 is Picard Beverly's effect on Janeway. Okay, Th that's maybe I, maybe I skipped a step. So 10% from Janeway with Picard Beverly becomes what? 10 times 2.2 becomes 22%. Yes? Yes. Okay, that's the 2.2 yep. divine. Now we're going to take that 22%, multiply it by the artifact. So 2% times 1.22 is going to equal 2.44. All right? Basically meaning that this is going to get you 0.44% more damage than it's supposed to. This is why I don't feel like it's a big deal. 
All right, Bubba Joe, in this particular case, you're going to get 0.44% more than what you were supposed to have. All right. I know. 2.44 then plus what? What is her isolated boost to begin with after the impact? 22%. From 22%. So we're going to take 22%, add it to the 2.44, which means that here, right now, at Tier 1, you could actually get, if you had 2% isolytic, you could get 24.44% isolytic damage out of a Tier 1 Janeway. Holy smokes. Okay? Hugo says there are massive implications for this officer. Stella burning with the 1% ISO from the artifact versus, say, Stella burning with the 1% ISO in later rounds. I mean, look at some of these shots. Look at some of these shots. Uh, it's Isolytic <laughs> is going to do exactly what we thought it was going to do, Bubba Joe. It is going to be the new standard of dealing damage in this game eventually. Right now, it's very early, but we can already see players getting... 24% net damage increase here in month one? Holy cow. Bubba, on the other side of the break, I want to come back to what can game design do with this new space? What does it mean for new hostels in the game? What does it mean for G6? What does it mean for new targets in the game now that we are dealing with isolytic, are these targets going to throw isolytic at us? What does it do from a DPR perspective of the hostel? That that if now they have to be built to account for the fact that we can throw 10, 20, or even 50% isolytic damage, does that mean that shields and hull are going to be massively huge on new hostels coming into the game? And therefore, how does that factor in with existing officers, say like, I don't know, Tal? What has game design got on the horizon for us with regards to isolated damage? We're going to do a little bit of theory crafting on the other side of the break. My name is Ultimate DJs. This is Talking Trek Live, Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast. More on Isolytic and Captain Catherine Janeway on the other side of this break after a word from our sponsors. Don't go anywhere. Hang on. Today's show brought to you in part by the Musgrove Trial Firm in Georgia. Have you suffered personal injury in Georgia? You need a buddy. Give Buddy at the Musgrove Trial Firm a call. 678-226-1994. Visit them online at musgrovetrialfirm.com. This portion of the show brought to you by crazybunch.org. Are you old like Bubba Joe and get tired playing video games? Surtail has a solution for your health and wellness needs, especially while gaming. You could try an energy gummy for those long incursion events. Or just to keep yourself conscious while you're doing all that mining. Surtail is an independent distributor of all aerial products you'll need to improve your gaming experience. Message Surtail on Discord or visit crazybunch.org for more information. This program is made possible in part by a grant from Formula 408, the all-purpose cleaner that's honestly really extremely close to being as good as Formula 409. Introducing the new Chrysler Wipeout, a state-of-the-art minivan with best-in-class space, cutting-edge technology, and no brakes whatsoever. 
Chrysler, we know the last thing a soccer mom wants to do when she's running late is stop at a red light. So we've taken that option off the table. Getting kids out of the car has never been faster, thanks to our new tuck and roll drop-off system. See you later, Mommy. Love you, sweetie. The Chrysler Wipeout, featuring zero interest financing and zero brakes. Pull over the vehicle. I can't. All right, everybody. If we're going to put Chris Christie out there as our candidate for president, we're going to need a catchy slogan. Any ideas? How about this? Chris Christie... Big man for a big job. That's good. Is that some kind of fat joke? No. Folks, if we're going to get Christy elected, we can't do fat jokes. Uh, How about he's our man to cut the fat in Washington? There you go again. No way. I'm telling you, no fat jokes. No, but it's... uh... Just be careful what you say, okay? How about this? Chris Christie, reducing the weight of American debt. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. You just can't help yourself. You have to make fat jokes. Okay, wise guys, if you want to go that route... What about Chris Christie, an oval man for the Oval Office? Actually, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah that's, that's good. good. No, I yeah, like it, too. It is kind of catchy. Yeah, I like that. He's round, the room is round. Exactly. It's that's a natural. Rip me up a thousand bumper stickers. Let's see how it looks. You said you hated the ocean, but you're surfing now. I said I love you for life, but I just sold our house. We were kids at the start, I guess we're grown-ups now. Couldn't ever imagine even having doubts But not everything works out, no Now I'm out dancing with strangers You could be casually dating Damn, it's all changing so fast I see a love Bubba, this makes me want. This makes me want a fruity drink with a with a little pink umbrella in it. Can I? Can I get this out of a, a coconut, please? No. What about can, what about in a pineapple? Can you serve? Can you serve me a drink in a pineapple? Oh. Uh, only if you're under the sea. I want some mermaid water. Yes. Oh my God. That's what I want. Oh, Camille Cabello and Ed Sheeran. Thank you. Bam, bam. Uh, welcome back, everybody. My name is Ultimate DJs. This is Talking Trick Live. Uh, and cutting the show short because now I I want fruity drinks um, with with paper pink umbrellas. That's what I want, Bubba Joe. Let's be, yeah. Uh, sorry, Ripper. I know that you do not like fun drinks. All right. If, if that is. If well, anything was made so not ob- true. No. If anything was made obvious, Potts, back me up on this. If anything was made obvious while we were in Los Angeles, it's that Ripper wants it he wants he wants it harsh. He wants it fast acting. He wants it now, right? Like Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> and he also wants he also wants quality. He also also oh, wants quality. Potts, come on. All right. So that eliminates Coors Light. First of all. First of all, okay, I I do want to share with you, by the way, that... I I do like (laughs) fun drinks sometimes, honest. Do you like fruity drinks? Like like fruity? Really? Did you have a single fruity fun drink while you were in Los Angeles? Yes. I I didn't see it. What did you have? No, but I was was there for a month. (laughs) 
Okay, fair enough. Do you want to tell us about this, or should we live in a little bit of suspense till next time? Do you want to tell us a little bit about your your fun fruity drink experience? Yeah. How, how was that? What, what what is there to talk about? You go to tell a bar us about the drink. Some... What did you order? What was your fruity fun drink? I I don't know. I just I listen. I just talked to like listen. I talked to bartenders a lot. Um, I did just a thing. I apparently do. Um, uh -huh. What? Nothing. Nothing. Please continue. I want to know more about this drink. I don't. I don't actually know what 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 was in it. I was just like, I did actually get quite a few free drinks at at bars. Um, it's because you're cute. You're a cute little German boy. Uh, did bartenders buy your drinks, or did other patrons buy your drinks? Bartenders, actually. Yeah, that's a cute little German boy, isn't it? Yeah, getting free drinks. No, from the I was bartenders. just like, you know, I'm I'm in the mood for something fruity and you know refreshing, and it was like, you know, just make something nice. I didn't oh. actually know what it was. It was like, I don't know. That's cute. Oh, we're gonna have to do. You know, I can't wait to come back and and see you guys again. I really, you want to do it again next month? Let's just do it again. Ripper, come back to the States next month. Let's just do it. All right. Well, uh, that's, that's difficult. Third weekend Yo, of each month. I would love to, though. Yeah. Oh, man. It, it was a great time. It was a great time. Uh, as a matter of fact, I will tell you guys, just as a heads up, I finally got my B-roll footage yesterday, Bubba Joe. Finally. Uh, mm. So I am in the process of going through and trying to clip some of this stuff up so that I can put it in. Scopely wants to take some of it. I get to take some of it. So we're going to have it, – it's, it's like we've got to go through and do, you know uh, – um, you get this and I get that, but but we're working on it. We we're we're getting I, there. I, I, I won't lie. I think I think the the most interesting experience at a bar was like uh, I was at the one bar and then I don't know. We kind of started talking. Um, the couple employees and I don't know. We landed next on the topic thing you know, of synthwave. Next thing no, you know, you wake up in a bathtub full of ice. And and I don't know. We we kind of talked about synthwave for like two hours. Woke up in a bathtub full of ice and some no, no. rudimentary stitches. Rip and I had a good couple of conversations at one of the arcade bars we went to that night at 1 o'clock in the morning. And you oh, and yeah. you were the one that it stole was, his it kidney? Fun. It was you. Also, also that, that one uh, <laughs> in, in San Diego was, was quite fun, Aaron. That was, that was really cool, yeah. Did you just say that the one night you went to jail was fun? Is that what you just said? No, San, San Diego. Diego. Oh, San Diego. Well, same thing. All right. Anyway. <laughs> no, okay. no. All right. Wow. Just you take sure. that back. <laughs> jail would be San Francisco. Yeah. Family at the top of the um, on the fortieth floor of the hotel have the have have a restaurant and bar up the fortieth floor, yeah. and we, yeah, we had quite a fun conversation with the family up there, and one of the guys kind of knew Star Trek and had some good conversations with bits and pieces. It was cool. Yeah, lots of fun. Uh, that's cool. Yep. I'm getting closer to putting out that video. I hate that it's so late, but it's going to be fun. Uh, so anyway, that's, that's coming. I finally got some of our footage and, and, uh, it's, it, there's some good stuff. I watched the entire, the entire reel yesterday, Ripper. There's oh, no. some, yeah, there's some good stuff in there. Oh no. Yeah, there's some real good I'm, stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm scared. Honestly. <laughs> I will tell you, unfortunately, Aaron will be the only person aside from Ripper who knows what I'm getting ready to talk about, but that the, they apparently weren't rolling cameras when I did my my French girl pose on the couch in the interview room. 
Unfortunately, oh really? They yeah, didn't. That's I, it's, unfortunate. It's not in there. Unfortunately, yes, uh, the the cameras were not rolling at that particular point. Apparently, because it's not there. But yes, uh, yeah, I missed the photo opportunity of that one. Yeah, I, I <laughs> there was. There was uh, uh, a particular pose, Bubba Joe, implemented by one uh, true furry feline uh, that, that pretty much told Ripper to draw me like one of his German girls um, on, a, on a couch in the Scopely offices. It was wildly inappropriate and hilarious, and, and thank God. What do you mean inappropriate? No, no. <laughs> it was totally not, appropriate. It was caught. totally appropriate, I'm yeah. glad <laughs> that it was not caught. All right, uh, let's come Nobody back. Nobody had a phone in this trip? Uh, apparently just – well, first of all, they were pretty serious about our phones in the building. Like, we weren't allowed to take yeah, pictures. Uh, yeah, we weren't allowed to take pictures. Oh, I did take a couple of pictures in the, in the interview room. Yeah, we weren't, we weren't allowed to do much. Uh, wow. with, with phones and cameras and stuff in there, they were they were pretty. You couldn't take pictures of each other uh, the, the, outside the, the building. Thing is, there was nothing really to see. Anything. There really wasn't. Right, was there? Like there was. I don't know what the big concern was. There was nothing there for us I to do other than jars of M and M's, which, by the way, for some reason, is talked about at great length in a lot of this B roll. Um, there's also that phone call ripper that you and I got from Landon while we were in the interview room that he <laughs> that, that he got lost. Oh, so it's good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Wolfwood says, wait, you couldn't take pictures, but you could take coffee mugs. Wolfwood, I wasn't allowed to take the coffee mugs, all right? I just did. All right? I just did. As a matter of fact. You didn't ask the question. You asked for giving us later. Yeah. I, mean, I, tried to take, I tried to take more stuff. As a matter of fact, today, um, I'll tell you this real quick, and then we got to get back to the show. Uh, Bubba Joe, this morning. There's a show? Yeah. This morning, I had a meeting uh, with. Uh, President, uh, sorry, Emperor Echo, and uh, and a couple of other uh, high-ranking individuals, if you will, uh, about some cool stuff that that we we've got finally some traction that we're moving on. But anyway, uh, in this meeting, it was very early this morning, and it was even earlier Pacific time. And one of the guys took a drink out of a mug that was not a Scopely mug, and I, I brought up and said, "Why aren't you drinking out of a Scopely mug?" <laughs> Uh, and they responded with the fact that they didn't own one, Bubba. And I said, oh, gee. Oh. <laughs> yeah, shocking. I mean, I, I've got like four of them. I'll send you one if you want. And that obviously got a lot of reaction. And we were kind of joking about that. But it, it's, you know what? Echo and Beck were not kidding, Bubba Joe, when they talked about Scopely not giving their own team their own swag. This guy that I was talking to is a vice president. Like a cheap, really. He's a vice president, all right? And does not have a Scopely mug and, and says that he has a single Scopely t-shirt. All right. But no Scopely mugs. What? All right. In this office, Bubba, honestly, how many actual mugs do you think we're on display? Trader, you, you are very, very good, analytical, observational mind. There were at least seven drink stations that we got to observe. And there were probably yeah. at least 20 or 30 on each station. I was going to say yeah, 30, 30 to 50. I mean, there were hundreds yeah. of these yeah. mugs. And Agreed. none of their staff has any. Has any? Do you want to know something funny? Well, that's we, because we the get details. we get mugs as a as a new hire package. You get it. You got a mug as a new hire. Not yeah. not Scopely. No mugs no. for you guys. <laughs> I know. I just get mug shots. Yeah, we'll get mugs. Well, they're it's not so... exactly the most um, 
durable of mugs, are they? No, no. One of them has already cracked, and the stickers are peeling off of two or three others. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you get? Did you get to take one home, Trader? Do you have a mug? There's stickers? Yes. They're, On the mugs? Yes. They're not even. Yeah, they're not in. They're not. Printed they're not printed. They're they're just, uh, yeah, they're not painted, yeah. printed, nothing. They're, it's like a a clear film stick on <laughs> mug. Here's so crappy. If they had been nice mugs, I would have absolutely stolen one. But I knew what was going to happen if I took one of those. <laughs> one wash the dishwasher. That's what and happened. It would have been just a plain blue mug. Yeah. Well, it would have been on the bottom. And it the did survive one trip through the dishwasher, but the edges are peeling up. Of the sticker, yeah. <laughs> so and you wonder why they don't want people taking them home. Why? I did not say that I wondered why. <laughs> I mean, they're not meant. I get a refund They're not not meant to be used. Well, that's yeah. I would agree with that. That's, that's... where you put your pens and. <laughs> and stuff. But you know what? Listen, the the M M&M and M jar was awesome. <laughs> the M M&M and M jar was great. All right. Um, there's there's that. Oh goodness gracious! Uh, just funny, funny it's, stuff. Just like everything else, Scopely, the mugs are working as intended. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, this, this that's terrible. We gotta move off accurate. this. We gotta move off this uh, topic of conversation. Yeah, listen, you could have gotten an actual prime what? printed what? mug for six hundred bucks. All right, that's if you would have gotten one of our mugs for a whole lot cheaper. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Given the amount of money I've spent on this game, the least they could do is give me a good, nice mug. That's all I'm saying. No, 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 Trader. For what you've spent on the game, you get one of these sticker mugs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you've got to be, you've got to have a G6 Epic before you get a printed mug. Okay. If they're not making yeah. them use Stopely stuff, then you should definitely send them Talking Trek merch. And have yes. everyone at their office sporting, you know, have co- talking track coffee mugs and everything. At least that's quality stuff. I have thought about uh, that. Uh, joking that aside, I've thought if about. If you send sending... it to everyone, it's not a bribe. Yeah, I, I have thought about just sending a huge care package over there to the Scopely offices. It might be something I do here before too long. Fill up. That's the... not correct at all. Do you think, Bubba, that they would use <laughs> it if if we sent a bunch of talking track swag over there? Do you think they would use it, or would it go in the garbage? I think that it some people would take it home, but they would not be allowed to have it at work. You think they wouldn't be allowed to have it at work? Uh-huh. Why? What? No, no, because why, why? it gives the appearance uh-huh. <laughs> because it gives the appearance of favoritism. Obviously I'm the favorite. Okay, like it's yeah. okay for us to 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 say that. That's okay. the point. Clearly I'm the favorite. That's what she said. Does Obviously. anyone else have official Attached for the it. same right. reason, I'm the official podcast. For the same mm-hmm. reason that he will, <laughs> that Echo will not let you buy him dinner, is the exact same reason that they would not be able to display your merch at work. I am okay. Uh, you know what? Challenge accepted, Bubba. I am going to get my portrait up on that gaming wall, Ripper. All right, that's <laughs> it. That's Trader. That is my new mission. All right, not the mugs, Why? not the M M&M and jars. <laughs> My portrait on the gaming wall. That you hear it. That's not going to happen. Emperor Echo, you hear it now. That is my new imperative. Okay, it's going to happen. You can buy that same portrait in our merch store, by the way. (laughs) Fantastic. All right, listen. Oh my God, we've spent twelve minutes on this silliness. All right, nice canvas. Um, That seems like a lot longer. 
It does seem like a lot longer, but it has actually only been 12 minutes now and 48 seconds. Bubba Joe, let's talk about the future of isolytic damage. Uh, During the commercial break, I saw uh, a lot of very interesting theories popping into the chat. Uh, Star Ocean had the one that I kind of went to pretty much immediately, which is hostiles with massive hull and shield, right? Some other people talked about officer or uh, hostiles with absolutely massive, massive mitigation statistics, making it somewhat impossible for you to really ever pierce them, meaning that isolytic is going to be the only way to deal significant amounts of damage. So there's there's that potential. I worry, though, Bubba, if you look at like what Star Ocean was thinking with massive shield and hull, then that just becomes a towel officer, right? What, what about defense? What about the defense? How how would that come into play with that? Well, currently, we already see a target in the game incomplete at this point, Bubba Joe, but we do see a, a target in the game the formation armadas that do have isolytic abilities, but they're not complete right now. Like they're on, they're functioning, but their isolytic defense is 0% right now. So it would be very well, interesting those to abilities see. Aren't, those abilities won't do what you think they're going to do. No. Uh, well, they're going to reduce... So, Are they going to be like a mitigation type thing? No, no. So what they're going to do is they're going to reduce the Armada's ability to mitigate or, or reduce the isolytic damage. Essentially, it's its own debuff, right? Think of it as an ability Correct. for us. If okay. we hit it with a battleship, then the target's isolytic defense will be reduced by 20%. Okay. Correct. The problem uh, is, yeah, but that's, that, that's, that's the ability. But isn't isn't there also in the defense stats? There there's will, a line for isolated defense. There isn't will that be. Different? There will be. But right now it's all zero percent. However, right. However, we do actually know now the actual formula for isolytic defense, don't we, Bubba Joe? It is literally a damage reduction. There's no convoluted formula. There's not this big long chart and graph with factors of this and blah, blah, blah. All right. It's literally just a straight up one divided by one plus the sum of bonuses. Right, Bubba Joe? Correct. All right. So if if let's pretend that isolytic defense of a formation armada is, let's pretend it's listed at, I don't know, Bubba, what, 50%. Okay. Let's say it's 50%, and that is the isolytic defense. Now, take the ability out of it for a second, Bubba Joe. Isolytic defense at 50%. If I were to throw 1 million isolytic damage, do we have the necessary information to calculate what it's going to do, Bubba Joe? If they have, if you, they're, you're saying their defense is 50%? Let's say the formation armada is 50% isolytic defense, and I throw a yes. 1 million shot, what is my isolytic impact? You will do 666,667 damage. Boom! Why, Captain Planet? Why? Because it's not a 50% reduction. It's, it's like efficiency. It's an efficiency. Okay? So I'm going to take 1 million 
I'm going to divide that by 1.5, and I am left with 666,667 in isolytic damage, of which then would be split 80-20 if the shield is still there. Isolytic defense, Aaron, is actually, as Bubba Joe pointed out in one of our prior shows, a beautiful, simple, easy calculation. I kind of wonder, Bubba, what this game would have looked like had this been the damage equation from the very start. I kind of like its simplicity. But would it have would it have been convoluted too quickly? Was the battle triangle necessary? Was mitigation necessary for for this game to survive 5 years on on one set of research? So I think that it would have been priced out very quickly is what would have happened, just like this is going to be priced out very quickly, right? So just like our efficiencies that we have today, Mm. um, if you get right today, if you were to get something that gave you today 100% uh, reduction in repair costs, how much of an effect would that have for you, DJ? Very little. Right. And so this is the problem, right? the efficiency calculation gets clouded and and overwhelmed with percentages very very quickly especially from percentages from multiple different places and so the problem with that is that those numbers have to get bigger and bigger and bigger to make any difference at all right so if we have a point in the future let's say your isolytic defense is 200% and then they release a research that gives you an extra 20. That's going to make very, very little effect. Even though 20% may be more than any single source in the game has given you, it's still no effect in comparison to the one divided by 200 versus, or one divided by 300 versus one divided by 320. It's not making much of a difference in the game. If they'd have done that from the start for all mitigation, then we wouldn't have had the battle triangle, right? We wouldn't have had three different mitigation things that would have made the game a little bit more dynamic early on, you would have had one mitigation stat, and it would have gotten overwhelmed with percentages very quickly, just like isolytic damage is going to. Do you feel, then, that isolytic damage is not a long-term game-changing mechanic like I think that it can be? I think that it is not a long-term game-changing mechanic like you think it is going to be. I think that they, we are going to get a handful of things that boost isolytic damage, and I think then we're going to see fossils that shoot isolytic damage, requiring you to have some isolytic defense, but it can't change the game drastically because of how isolytic damage is calculated. Because it is just net, 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 net. Everything is very right. simple and therefore can't stack up infinitely. Trader, right. you had a For comment? example, well, just... Uh, let me go ahead. Go, ahead. go ahead, Trader. Go ahead, Trader. No, I just sneezed. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> I thought, I was, I thought, I thought Trader I was, was like, listen, I think Isolytic is great. I'm re-downloading the game and I'm back in. All right, never mind. Never. No, it was this time it's Trader's fault. <laughs> it was a moment. It's lost now. Time okay. blaming on Cockin this time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right, so, Bubba. For example, we're not going to get weapons that are just Isolytic damage offensively, right? Because what would that even mean? Right, you would still have to have base damage to have that isolate damage mean anything. They could, 
But right, but then all of the artifacts wouldn't do anything to that because the artifacts are adding isolytic damage based on a calculation of the base damage. So if they were to release a ship that just fires an isolytic weapon and doesn't have any regular damage, all they would invalidate all of the artifacts and Janeway to a point where like that's just not a tenable position, right? That's not something that is a good idea for in any stretch of the imagination. So everything's always going to have to have some sort of base level of damage. Now, could a weapon fire have base damage and base isolytic damage? Sure, but we already know how base damage compares to the actual damage that you're doing, and so adding a base value of isolytic damage isn't going to add up to a hill of beans because it's going to be dwarfed by the amount of actual damage and then your percentages of that you're doing to that. So no, I don't think that isolated damage is going to completely change the way that we look at the game. I do think it is going to make an impact. I do think that it is going to be something where we are going to see real, tangible, calculable percentage increases in damage, 100, 150% more damage than we're doing now. I think that is absolutely in the realm of possibility, but I don't think it is going to fundamentally... We're not going to see ships that just deal isolated damage. We're not going to G six is not going to be all all ships that deal isolated damage only because that's not how they set up isolated damage. Could we have hostiles that are firing only isolated damage? Sure, they that could happen because they can just do whatever they want that hostile to do. Right? They can set up that hostile to do whatever they want, but that's not the way that we work because of the way that they've set it up for our damage calculations. So. Um, Yes, it's going to matter. Yes, you should be looking at trying to get isolated damage. Yes, if you have not got a Voyager, you will eventually want to get a Voyager and open up that refinery and start getting those artifacts. All of that is true. But I don't think this is a thing that is going to rewrite the way that we look at the game and ship damage. Let me hone in on a comment that you made, and let's explore this idea. If a hostile was introduced into the game that deals only isolytic damage what does that mean for us as a player to combat that target well if you do not have any isolytic defense then it's all going to be there's going to be none mitigated it's all going to go to shield and hold and the 80 20 split traditional mitigation would be useless because again isolytic bypasses traditional mitigation so the only thing that we would have defending us would be our shields Right? In an 80 20 split. So we take a look then at scenarios where we want to enhance shields. We would need to have defense. So there are some of the isolytic artifacts for that defense, right, Bubba Joe? We take a look at Jane Way, who is adding shield mitigation, right? We come back to officers potentially like. Strange New Worlds Pike, who is impacting shield mitigation, but his paired officers are all about mitigation, which would essentially now become worthless. Right, Bubba Joe? They're not all mitigation. You can have impulse speed instead. Yeah! Why didn't I think of that? Obviously. What are you talking about? My Strange New Worlds Pike never goes anywhere without his, uh, his, his girl. I'm always rocking that in. Really? See, I usually yep. use the mitigation officer, and then I use hammer on the other side. That way I can hit two targets if I need to. 
That's that. You, I remember you talking about that. You know, the the one pitfall of Strange New Worlds was that you were pretty much honed in on one specific ship type. Then when Hammer I, came out, at least now you can hit I don't, that ship type. I don't go plus. anywhere that has transports anymore. Really? See, that's all I'm still trying to hit are transports. I don't do I mean, freebooters. You have to, but see, that's that's my point. Like freebooters, I, I can go Dominion, and do freebooters and then fly um, straight the, up to faction space with Hammer. Right, but freebooters, Dominion, uh, the 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 new hostels for Voyager. There's no traders anywhere in there. That's true. All right. Thank you, Stewie Do. How about good old fashioned Borg one of eleven? He's got some shield mitigation in there. Uh you've got uh one of the uh, Harry Mudd officers. Very good. Uh shield mitigation research. Lady Unaleska says, Yo, DJ, I have your mug waiting to ship it to you for shield recycling. Uh, still waiting on shield recycling, those kinds of things. All right. Absolutely. So shield mitigation at this point, this is just conjecture, but shield mitigation seems like it could be very, very important. Yeah. Beans and snots. Don't forget forget the original one. Rutherford. The original one. The original shield mitigator. Who was that? Well, I mean, I guess that one is the original, but the one is the first one that people were talking about the, the being the most effective was mud. Yeah, because he was 98% if he yep. proc. The problem was getting him to proc. Sure. All right. Uh, God, call me crazy. Original blue Spock going to potentially have a place here. Rutherford. Stop it. Uh, Bubba? Stop. Rutherford, yes. Blue Spock. Regen in those shields. Just saying. When, yes, blue Spock is going to give you 5,000 shields and the weapon shot is, you know, <laughs> seventy-five million. Merry Christmas! Yeah, but he regen- on the Enterprise. But he regens <laughs> it every single round, so at least you're absorbing one of those shots. It gives you the eighty-twenty split for the entire shot. Say it, yeah, which Mimi, Mimi, yeah. Spock, Spock being useful for G three players. Yes, Spock is already useful for G three players. They're already wanting to run Spock. That's there is no change yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, I'm just wondering. usefulness in D4. I'm wondering. Yeah, but I'm wondering how many G4 will bring back Blue Spock if shield mitigation ends up being the way to go. Beans and Snot says uh, rare Beverly Crusher TNG Bev. Yeah, absolutely. Shield regen. All right, those things. Uh, Eurydice, high tier Eurydice with the shield regen. Absolutely. So we're potentially, and again, there's a lot of conjecture here about what could happen with these hostels. Bubba, let me uh, give you another scenario. I saw this in the chat. What if this means that Scopely is going to be deploying the tactic more frequently of the go-home cannon? Oh, I think that's absolutely going to be a thing. All right, explain. I think that that's going to be their answer to, we don't want you here. You should not be killing this hostel here. If you're a, a correctly leveled player, you should be able to kill this hostile in X number of rounds. And if you are not a correctly leveled player here, there's going to be a gun that is going to send you home to tell you you should not be here. So I 100% think, and again, this isn't even the first time they've deployed it. Well, that's true. We've got, uh, really, to a smaller degree, it was even present in the original board probes. You guys remember? There was, what did they call it, the railgun, I believe, in the original Borg probes had a, had a weapon that you wanted to kill it before round 10. Now, it wasn't a go-home cannon, Bubba Joe, 
but it was it was definitely something that was going to impact you with a significant amount more damage if you if you took that shot. All right. right, but the one that more recently that they've deployed that they just kind of foobarred is your favorite new mechanic of yeah. the last assaults. 16 months. Yeah, assaults. All right. Uh, the Owie Cannon, the Pay Me Cannon. Yeah, that's right. Uh, all these are great names. Uh, assaults was supposed to have a go-home cannon. All right. Well, Didn't... it did have a go-home cannon, except – it fired in round one when you could have a hundred percent shield mitigation. Yeah, it didn't it didn't manifest. That's right, um, and it wasn't random, so you could plan for it. Yeah, yeah, it it. Oh God, assaults. Ugh, ugh, don't get me started. Anyway, yeah, that was their first major go home cannon that ended up being a dud. All right, then uh, go home cannons kind of now reintroduced with species eight four seven two, and this time they ain't messing around. Ten billion damage. And again, by the way, by the way, shout out Canine Tooth. All right. I looked over that log, Bubba Joe. He legit survived. He survived the go-home cannon. He is the only player that I have actually seen survive the go-home cannon with, with a regular ship. He's the only one that I've seen. I'm sure other players could do it based on what he did. Uh, the Daredex, big ship, big hole, hole for days. All right. Um, Should have added another zero to the damage. Then. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, you know, they're more likely to fix that Bubba Joe than they are to fix Janeway's ability. Um, but yeah, Mimi says, obviously the next version of the go home cannon is going to be throwing a hundred billion. I mean, I got to imagine that Bubba, they did not expect the player to survive 10 billion. All right. The fact that canine tooth can survive it. He is kind of miraculous. And by the way, I looked at I will, it. All. I would say if you can survive that, you deserve to get to Yeah, that. that's true. <laughs> if you did survive it, then you deserve to survive it. All right. You've paid for that survivability, right? What have we called that in the past? Like that's buying God mode in the game right there, Bubba Joe. If you can survive the 10 billion shot, then you're there. Okay. Uh, so now imagine this, as Captain Planet points out, pretend that the go-home cannon is isolytic. Would that Dideridex have survived an isolytic attack by ten by, with ten billion? Mm, probably not likely. Mitigation uh, would have been removed from it. Now you would have still gotten eighty yeah. percent going to the shield. Well, but again, a, again, your shield could have had one, and eighty percent would have still gone to the shield. That's true. But and, how much? Of and that you're shot assuming was he's mitigated. eighty twenty. If he's running Strange New Worlds, he's definitely not 80-20. True. Um, he's probably closer to four, uh, 95-5. Probably. So 5% yeah. is, 5% of that is 500 million. Yeah, I think it's a Daredex, a high enough to Daredex will have 500, 500 million all. But he wouldn't have the mitigation to throw some of that damage away. But he's not. So, again, uh, so if, if you're running Strange New Worlds, Pike... Full, full synergy, plus you have the maximum intelligence research that gives you additional 80-20 uh, split, uh, additional 80-20. So, um, so yeah, it's it's what it is, is you, I think, can end up at about 95 or 96 yeah. shield but, mitigation. So that means only 4 or 5% are actually going to your hole. Yeah, but, but that's still after your initial mitigation, though, anyway, isn't it? No, no, what I'm saying is, so if, if you're... Sh- 10 billion, 95% of 10 billion is 9.5 billion. Only 500 million would go to whole, and the Daredex gets whole bigger than that. 
Yeah. It does. As a matter of fact, here's a screenshot on a tier 11 to Daredex with a billion hull. It could survive two go-home cannons, which is crazy. Just crazy. All right. Um, so two different go-home cannons it could actually withstand before it would actually be sent home. The go-home cannon only fires once, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it would, I guess, fire again in round 16. Every eight rounds. Yeah, it'd yeah. fire again in eight round 16. 16. But you would you would probably have for sure killed it by round 16 would be my guess. Well, and your shields would not have regenerated. Not with the Strange New Worlds crew. Yeah, so the second one, uh, the second go-home cannon would absolutely wipe you out. Um, so... <sighs> Is that with a max Tendi? You know, here's the deal. Tendi is great for common grinding. It's not good for a singular shot like this. All right. Uh, we have talked about what Tendi uh, can do. Tendi is great for teeny tiny amounts of hull, like reputation grinding or hostile, you know, daily hostile grinding, things like that, where it can buy you an extra five, ten hostiles. Um, when it comes to PvP, Tendi is typically a little less important um not that she's not important she is very valuable but in pvp or in the case of the go home cannon one shot like she she might extend your battle by one shot right we've talked about tendy and rutherford uh as well so there there are definitely some impacts there but uh so the go home cannon we're thinking that this is going to be a pretty new maybe even standard kind of mechanic Bubba, do we feel, and this is a huge question, and I mean it respectfully, so don't think otherwise, do we think that Scopely balanced Species 8472 appropriately based on Voyager's ability and expected performance by various ops levels of player? Because if you use the go-home cannon, you said it. The key word is they're claiming that... If you are a player of average research at this level, then you should be able to kill this hostile with these abilities. And if you can't, then you're either behind or you're trying to hit too big. Do we think, A, that they are able to accurately balance that based on what their expectations are for our performance in the game? And B, do we think they actually got it right with Voyager? Well, <laughs> I, actually have an I opinion don't on have any experience of using the Voyager in combat. Okay. Because it does not appear to be useful for what I need for to you. use it for. Okay, fair enough. Let me, now, let me ask you real uh, quick. So, let, so I have seen in the chat people saying that a Tier 3 of Voyager can hit level 30, 43 hostiles bioships and kill them before the big gun goes off that to me seems actually a little high so if that's true then then it's probably pretty close to where it needs to be however what i will say is there's very little very very little about this ship that looks like they balanced it correctly in terms of as it goes forward um, we've talked about cargo. We've talked about the refinery. And so I think that there are significant problems with Voyager. So it would not surprise me if the Voyager ends up being outclassed at tier 
six or seven compared to the hostels you should be hitting at that tier. You know, so interesting. I'm going to say that right now, as far as a combat ship at tier two or three, it might be okay. It might be right where it's supposed to be. But I will not be surprised if in the later tiers it just falls apart. You know, that's actually surprising to hear me say, uh, to hear you say, because I actually feel like they did actually kind of get this right. Now, the difference could be. I will say for for those pre-46 that don't have like those D4 rear ships, especially in the early tiers, it is actually, it feels pretty well balanced. Obviously, the cargo would be great if it was higher. But I think once you hit 46 in those early tiers, the pylum and things like that, as you as you've already expressed, does become a better ship so, to uh, go grind. Yeah. Listen, so, here's my experience. All right, and and let me explain this piece of it, and then we can kind of come back because I think a part of this, Bubba, may be the capability of your other ships, including G five with the warp range. Warp range is crucial to this. All right, now I do think I that F, massive, I, I think yeah. F body has it right. Uh, within the loop, which is what we're talking about. Now, if we are talking about combat, if we're talking about PvP or normal grinding, yeah, it's poo-poo garbage, okay? But within the loop, I feel like they might have gotten it right. Let me let me tell you what I'm doing with it. And, and by the way, I'm only doing this because of warp range. If I use my pylum, my pylum uh, is tier 8, pretty advanced, its warp range is only 235. So the highest system that I could get to actually contains only level 40 bio ships. That's the highest system I can get to. Now, my pylum can kill those. And as we discovered on stream, it can kill them with reasonable... Um, reliability it was going six or seven rounds blue mandalorian every single time we hit one was kind of was kind of clenching a little bit and eventually aaron i got sent home by the go home cannon all right on stream i was using the pylum and i had one bad round with rng uh in the fluidic space entry point system and i got sent by a go home got sent home by the go go cannon all right which ended my night early I wasn't done with that sale. I wasn't done with that run, but I got sent home. Now, that was level 40 hostels. If I wanted to punch up from there, I can't. I don't have the warp range on any ship, and I'm not counting the G5, okay? The G5 ship, the Corvus that I just built, which is why I believe that Bubba Joe may be looking at this from a different lens. His ships... G yeah. G five rares have warp range up into the five hundreds. Yeah, but what what cargo what cargo did you get from that pilot on that trip? I can't remember. Uh, I think it was like two hundred and sixty thousand, something like that, which is still a little bit yeah, better. How much cargo? How much cargo does the Voyager have that you a Voyager could kill those? Yes, but it doesn't have the cargo to. You're going home way earlier than you really so, would like to from the loop. I will tell you guys now, I was really close to having this done today. It didn't work out. We're going to shoot for next Wednesday, Bubba Joe. You guys may remember our good friend, uh, designer from uh, Game Designer and friend of Talking Trek, Mr. Tiger. Uh, I am hoping will be here next Wednesday 
to lay this out for us, Bubba Joe, because I and Blue Mandalorian and Jules and Bubba Joe as well have been really, really, really kind of just, man, ripping this thing apart, looking at it from every possible angle. All right. What I have found with this thing is my Voyager currently, Bubba Joe, is tier three, but it has a warp range better than my Pylum. Now, my Corvus could get there. Okay. For example, the system that I am now looking at is Ebri- Ebriosis. Ebriosis, whatever. Okay. It's the level 48 system that contains level 47 uh, bio ships. All right. Um, when I am going to collect the biotoxins, Bubba Joe, I'm not worried about cargo. I'm worried about damage, right? The highest warp range that I can get to is that 48-level system with the 47 bioships. That's as high as I can get. However, my ship can kill those hostiles. By the way, it can only kill probably two or three of them. Then it has to come home. All right? So depending on the damage that I take, I might only get two. Then I have to come all the way home, repair, and go back if I'm going to use my third set of deuterium for the day. All right, but at tier three, it can kill those things. Now, once I get the warp cells every five days or every three days, I have been working with Blue and Jules on what's the right way to to get the anomaly stuff. What I think that I have kind of settled on is taking... um, a pylum, or now in my case, and this is why Bubba Joe has the experience that he's talking about, I'm going to take the Corvus now to the fluidic space entry point 3819, which is the biggest one I can get to, by the way, because the next biggest one is level 50. So I'm going to go to fluidic space entry point 3819, and uh, that's where I'm going to go to look for these anomaly hostels. Now, those are the hostels. Those are also the bioships that are dropping the common goo, the rare goo, and the extra biotoxins. So here's what I have been doing, Bubba Joe, for the last two, three days. I have sent my warship there, and it allows me to scope out the system. So I'm going to do some grinding there, but while I'm in there, I can then determine if there's an available node, because I don't want to send my Voyager in there and let it sit around for two days waiting on a rare node. So I sent in my Corvus, or my Pylum, as I did on the first night, and was grinding hostels, but that also lets me see in that Fog of War system to find out if there is an available rare node, in which case then I would, crazy enough, actually mine with Voyager. I focused on all the max cargo, which I could get to about 150,000, and I would bring it in and I'd squat it on a rare node. That way I could concentrate on that rare goo. But it still required me to bring a ship in to grind. And that, I think, is probably where this loop fails. They want Voyager to be the destination ship for this, for this loop. Bubba, I agree. it's not for you. It's not for me, and I'd say anybody well, for a G4 rare or higher. I would say that the problem is that in combat, it might be fine. It might be. It's entirely possible that it's fine in combat. 
as a as a ship to facilitate the loop past tier three, it's worthless. Um, the reason that that he says that is the same problem that we've had with scaling with a lot of other ships that have come into the game. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Is it's like it, the main thing yeah like things like cargo the cost of the refines, um, yes. so you know and again I'm going to come back to what Aaron says it's early they could make adjustments but they also could release other things that quote unquote fix it. Um, <laughs> I, that's that's a, another fundamental thing that I just kind of have a problem with. Don't create it's, problems that you right, but it's a yeah. it's it's not like it's a gradual shift and they and they gradually didn't increase something. No, it's this no, it's titanic. It's, a it's a, dropping off a cliff. Yeah, going up yeah. a cliff in terms of those refined costs. It's absolutely ridiculous. This is a failed game design. Deployments. Well, the, like ma- the math is wrong. And zero G's, and then shooting straight up to six G's, up and uh, straight up. <laughs> yeah, the math. The math is definitely not good. Uh, starting at tier four. So this is what I'm going to say right now, and this is just my opinion. I'm sure the rest of the panel can provide their opinions as well. Um, I think that Voyager has capability. I think that it has utility in this loop, yeah. but that utility hits a sharp. Uh, decline in efficiency starting at tier four. My opinion, keep it at tier three for now. Okay? To go to tier four does actually slow you down. Okay? Like, I'm not even kidding you. Going to tier four will slow down your progression the way that they've built it. There's a couple of ways that they can fix it, Bubba Joe. Um, As Jules and Blue have kind of talked about, there's a couple of ways that they can fix it. Uh, one would be would be with biotoxin loot smooth drops. I'm sorry, yeah, what? That's true. Just smooth that curve a little bit. Yeah. Well, the refine. So yeah, refine. Yeah. <laughs> refine cost could be modified. Biotoxin loot drops can be modified. Cargo space can be modified, or combinations of all three of those items. But those are the three points. All right. Lady Unaleska says, I don't know. Mantis is highly reliant on the research, and I don't disagree. I, I think that cargo could potentially be resolved by research, but not the refined cost in comparison with the cargo. What we've looked yeah. at is the, is the maximum potential cargo of the Voyager as compared to, and that includes that research, as compared to the cost of the refines. With re, with respect to the anomaly, uh, the anomaly goo, there's and, a clear and, disconnect there. And the research we've been doing includes the research that's available for players that increases the cargo. So it's not like we're looking at the base cargo or the calculated sure. cargo. Of, yeah. It's it's actually taking the maximum benefit you can expect to have as you're tearing up the Voyager, and it's just it's grossly inadequate. Yeah, it, it really is, and, and and trust me, we've we've been through all this. We've even had uh, a preliminary meeting with Game Design about this and presented our case. Um, Divine says, "Who's the cargo officer for Voyager?" So I'm using Mavery, um, four of eleven, and Ston. If you don't have Mavery, then you're probably using um, uh, four, two, four, two, two, four, and Ston. Okay, so. Uh, but yeah, that, that's what I'm looking at. And, and by the way, if you're running that, you can't be hitting hostiles, right? So that no. is specifically for mining, which therefore, Bubba or Joe, unless you're unless you're heading super low, 
Well, I, and, and not only that, but fire. the frequency of the rare nodes right now is just poor. Okay. Yeah. You guys saw on stream the other night, I went into the system, had to mine like six or seven uncommon nodes. By the time a rare spawned, my cargo was full. It was a wasted trip. <laughs> All right. Um, which is why I'm sending a warship in first, but I'm at a luxury like Bubba Joe is. Aaron doesn't have that luxury. Putz doesn't have that luxury because yeah. their best yeah, ship. I sent, in, I sent in my um, G3 miner for a week. Sit on a sit on a rare node that was like mining at like a few hundred an hour. Oh god, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. And then, I, and then I accidentally hit recall, and I'm like, oh crap. Well, you're lucky you didn't die. All right, because on my server we're already killing slow miners. All yeah, right, it's token space doesn't count for us. Oof. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. To- <laughs> the problem. The problem. Again, I go back. The problem is with the frequency of the rare nodes. Okay, you, you, you've got to get, there, there has to be more rare nodes that pop up in there, all right? Um, because you, you, need, you need Voyager to mine the rare stuff. Like, you just have to. You can't sit another ship on there and, and do that, all right? Can't be done. It's got to be done with Voyager. But then, if you go into that system blind, you don't know whether or not there's a node to be there. Like, this this is a piece of this loop, and, and Rev kind of summarized it in a meeting that we had this morning. Any one of the individual pieces of this loop, Bubba Joe, is probably acceptable in a standalone thing, right? If you look at the Fog of War, for example, fine. All right? But then you you complicate that by maybe there's no, there's no mine there for you, Right? Um, then you add the complication of the extreme time gate on the warp cells. Then you add the complication of, well, you need two different crews on the Voyager because you either have to mine with it or you have to grind hostiles with it, but we don't know what we're doing until we get into the system. When you add all of these things together, you get a loop that is so complicated that it's actually turning some people off. Look in the chat who said uh, just a moment ago, I saw somebody say, man, I, I just wish I could get my money back off Voyager. Now, I'm not there yet, but I'm also in a different spot. Like, I have the capability of killing those hostiles with a normal ship. Anybody who can't do that is probably twice, if not ten times, more frustrated than I am, Bubba Joe. All right? Yeah, you I'm and not, I... I'm not entirely frustrated. I'm just like, oh, the loop will take as long as it takes. For me, that's my, that's how I play. I just, I'm just like a take it easy. It comes when it comes. But I do understand the frustration of having such a low cargo and having to have that choice. Yeah, that choice is removed from you. you yeah. Know? Now, Rhino says, after this discussion, I might spend my low buy crystals on Kim instead of Voyager. I don't know, man, because there, there is a lower Voyager level system. And, and again, at Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3, this is okay. All right? They, they kill them easy. They're, they're nice. You can get yeah. a decent cargo size on that. Yeah. Yeah. Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3 is okay. Where yeah. it breaks is Tier 4. All right? And this is why I'm saying to players right now, Bubba, if you, if you are one of the players who has taken it beyond Tier 4, then thank you for being the guinea pig. Thank you for finding and providing the data. But, yeah, you're, you're bored. All right? Your loop is broken. Until they fix it, the loop is broken. Tier 3 
is the safest spot to be, and I'm sorry for saying that. I'm sorry to Scopely. All right, not for the same reason you guys think. You know, they got fussy at me last time, Bubba Joe, when so, I said don't use the tally. Remember? Yep. And I and yep. I trader, I even told you about that conversation with Game Design. They came back and responded with, "Well, that's not ideal." All right? I'm saying it again. <laughs> All right, because they've made the, they've made the same mistake again. Do not tier Voyager beyond tier 3. Go ahead, so Bob. let's. So Simp, Simpy asks in the chat, "Is it broken or just slower?" So this is it, it's it's not that the refinery doesn't work. Okay, it's yeah. not that the ship doesn't mine or they. You know, we've had cases in the game where I remember I remember Scott throwing out a picture. He was doing an armor upgrade on his Tribune, and it set the armor to zero. If he'd have completed the upgrade, he'd have dropped like four million power or mm-hmm. something in his Tribune yeah, because that. that was actually <laughs> broken. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is the cargo that you have compared to the refinery costs, the constraint on how you can get that cargo. The loop is unsustainable with the resources you can put into it. So it's not that it is broken and doesn't work. It's that you are not able to sustain the loop with what the game gives you in terms of the number of tokens and the number of materials you need for your Which is also not entirely true, okay? Uh, Again, to Simpy's point, is it broken or slower? And even the way Bubba is answering it, it is not unsustainable. It's unsustainable with the use of the triple pulls, which you can do tiers one through three, okay? Beginning at tier four, Simpy, you're actually right. You might be driving us there, and if you are, then I appreciate it. It does actually get slower because you can easily sustain the first or second refinery bundles, Bubba Joe, but the third refinery bundle does become impossible where it is possible tiers one through three. Okay, so the it's not broken. I should have I should re- rephrase, but. It does kind of, as Lightbulb points out, Bubba, fit the theme of Star Trek Fleet Command in the deepest progression is the most punished. All right? And that is exactly how I feel about this. Going to Tier 4 will actually slow you down in that triple pulls are no longer possible. So now instead of six cells a week, you're now cut back to four. Now, the problem with that... With four cells is the least uh, is is 33% less time that I can go into that system, Bubba Joe, less stuff that I can mine, and therefore is also going to slow me down with the refinery pulls and the acquisition of shards. So it snowballs here. Starting at tier four, I have cut my acquisition, Bubba Joe. Of the uh, of the artifact shards by thirty three percent, right there from tier three to tier four, my outcome, my end game, is slowed down by thirty three percent as it currently stands. And to me, that is unacceptable. Why would I, Bubba Joe, intentionally? tier that ship to slow my progression by 33%. I don't want to do Correct. that. Therefore, if, I stay at tier three. If the refinery jumped up 
by a factor of three in terms of the shards it was giving you or the parts it was giving you, then sure, I would be happy with one chest. But it doesn't do that either. No. As a matter of fact, with regards to the refinery payout, it changes remarkably little. All right. Uh, here, we've got the uh, chart right here. Let me pull Let me pull this thing up. Boy, you just scared me to death. Mwah. Hi. There's Oliver DJ's hanging out. Here we go. Uh, the refinery from Tier 3 to Tier 4, Bubba Joe, with the common anomaly. Tier 3 to Tier 4 increases your potential research currency by 100 to 200, which is fine, okay? Very small, but fine. Uh, Voyager ship parts can be increased anywhere between 5 and 25, which is nothing, okay? And as far as artifact shards, here's the kicker. This is the progression I'm talking about, Bubba Joe. From Tier 3 to Tier 4, I could potentially earn one to two extra uncommon shards per pull. I could potentially earn one to four extra rare shards per pull, and I could potentially earn zero to two extra epic shards per pull. Now, again, Bubba Joe, if that was a 30% jump, even a 25% jump, right? No, it would need to be a two to three X jump. Uh, right. Sorry, that's what I meant. Like, yes, you're right. Two to three X to make up for the fact that now I can only do two instead of three. You get the point, okay? To to drop from three chests to two, but those are the improvement chances. It's one to two to maybe four shards. Well, I'm getting ten shards per roll, or or what is it? Three rolls. I'm getting three rolls, right, Bubba Joe, with the research. I have no, uh, I think it's I think, more than that. I think it's three rolls per chest. So if I'm doing a triple, I'm getting nine rolls. If I'm doing a double, I'm getting only six rolls. But the rolls can increase anywhere between one and four. I mean, here's the thing. I'm fundamentally dropping probably 15 to 20 shards every five days. That is how much it's slowing me down. And it could be more than that, Bubba Joe, because the common anomaly sample does actually have full pull capability. So not only am I taking less shards, but I'm also reducing the odds at my opportunity at a full pull. I'm reducing my lottery chance, Bubba Joe, by popping two chests instead of three. I'm taking a 33% lesser opportunity at that full pull, if you want to count on the lottery. But, I mean, it's still there. That is a 33%. That's like me buying 33% less lottery tickets, Bubba Joe. 33% less likely to hit. So that is a mathematical abstract failure of this loop between Tier 3 and Tier 4. And by the way, it happens again. It happens again between Tier 5 and Tier 6. So just in case you did already go past Tier 3, God golly, don't take it past Tier 5 either. All right? These are the fundamental breakpoints in this in this loop so far that we've found. It's Tier 4, Tier 6, and I don't know, probably again at Tier 10, but I'm not entirely sure about that. We haven't seen all the data, but 
just just as a as a point, Bubba Joe, the max cargo of a Voyager at tier ten can be with proper like with the proper use of crew and all max research, et cetera, et cetera. Tier ten. Tier ten is one point four million cargo. Okay, that's at tier ten. Which means I could do a single chest on one cell, Bubba Joe. But I'd have to do a double chest on three cells. And FYI, a triple chest is mathematically impossible. Don't without forget. Without extra cells. Without extra cells. And don't forget, Bubba Joe, I have now already dropped my number of cells from six per week to four per week because of the cost of the biotoxin. The biotoxin from Tier 3 to Tier 4 increases by almost 10,000 pull, uh, 10,000 biotoxins. Right now, for me, it t- I, I, one cell can earn me about 3,000 biotoxin. So, uh, is that right? One cell can do... No, I think one cell is, what, five or 6,000? No, I think it is 3,000, isn't it? I have no idea. I don't remember exactly. All right. But at Tier 4, that goes up to 27,000. By the way, Tier 6 goes up to 67,000 biotoxins. And with the limited number of hostiles that are available in the game that are dropping biotoxins, Jules and Blue have found that mathematically, Bubba Joe, it's impossible based on the number of deuterium that we are sourced to actually obtain 67,000 biotoxins. And this is why we talk about the loot drop of the hostel. All right. That also potentially needs a tweak. The loot drops need to be increased because 67,000 is not mathematically possible. And that is the tier six jump. So, again, there are some severe choke points inherently built in this loop and why I want to to work on trying to improve some of those a little bit. But in the meantime, you've now been warned. Tier 3 is where it's got to stay, folks. Just has to. All right? And by the way, Archeray, overall, overall, the loop is complicated but interesting. One of the things, Bubba Joe, that I have observed – I saw this yesterday from Looser. All right, shout out Looser, who actually agrees. Uh, like I, I saw his opinion. We weren't having a conversation, but I agree with his point, which is this is not a mindless loop. This mechanic makes me think a little bit. This mechanic actually requires me to not throw on a cookie-cutter crew. This mechanic requires me to approach it with thought and caution. And I agree. For that reason, it's intellectually stimulating to me. And crazy, I get that it's a mobile game. But if it wasn't intellectually stimulating, then I wouldn't play it. I am engaged by the math of this game. I don't want something to be clicker and boring. So I agree with Looser in his particular... And by the way, I know I'm in the minority. I know I'm in the minority. All right, Jules Verne is probably with me. In that, because we're both nerds, okay? But 
<laughs> Fantabulous says, I get all the intellectual stimulation I need insulting people's moms in Galaxy Chat. All right. <laughs> I think that's fine. All right. I think that's cool. I do actually kind of find this loop to still have problems, but it, the, the, what it's asking me to do, Bubba Joe, in general, is not appalling to me. All right. It's not appalling to me at this point because it does require thought. It requires a strategy, which is what Blue and Jules and I were trying to figure out on Twitch that first night. I kind of like that piece of it. It does require thought. It does require strategy. It's not mindless. Okay. However, the math fails it. And, and that's why, Archery, I say, if, if we, Bubba, you've said this before. Now, I, I think you have a different opinion on the mechanic as a whole, but you have said there is a difference between just bad design and then needing to adjust numbers. All right. In this particular case, the numbers definitely need to be adjusted. That may or may not impact what you feel about the loop. All right. Because you may just hate the loop, right, Bubba? There's two different things at play here. I right. am okay with the loop, but the math still fails. The math needs adjusted. Go ahead, Bubba, with your comments, and then we'll take a break. So I, I, I disagree, um, at which not surprise you. <laughs> um, so uh, this loop is – so I, I really don't want to get too far away from – I think it was Crazy who was saying in the chat. This is still a mobile game. It's not a PC game. And by God, if it was a PC game, they could do a loop like this and it would be fine. But I could not imagine someone trying to go between spreadsheets and notes and other things and going back and forth between the game and trying to figure this out. You had the benefit of doing this while you were streaming. You had the benefit of having your note sheet, your Excel open, and your streaming at the same time and being yeah. able to go back and forth and going... What am I going to go do? Now, if this was a PC game, it would have failed miserably long ago because nobody would have <laughs> withstood the number of bugs that a PC that this game has compared to your typical PC game. But this, you can have strategy, okay? You can have strategy in a game where this person's flying an interceptor, I should fly an explorer. This person is flying, you know, this ship or this crew, and I should. There can be strategy in a game without complexity this is complexity without strategy in my opinion you have said oh well i'm going to go send a mining crew or i'm going to go send this hostile crew or i'm going to go do this but that's very that's just because they've made the loop complex unnecessarily so i, I agree that you got some enjoyment out of figuring it out but now it's just executing that loop which is not enjoyable and overly complex for a mobile game. So this has, in my opinion, at least too, too many refineries and too, too many loops. And I get that they wanted something that was going to take players longer to engage in. They wanted more time gates, so they added longer timers. I get that they wanted to do something like that, but there are far more elegant ways to do things like that in this game without having to make it a 14-step process. We well, don't want to turn this game into Eve Echoes either. I, I don't disagree that the that the overall loop is very complicated, very convoluted. Uh and, and again, I voiced that at the very beginning. That being said, 
I know my position as a player. I've said it before, and I've been chastised for it before. I do like overly complicated mechanics because it's not cookie cutter. Uh, And and I I have kind of enjoyed this. But I've also enjoyed solving the puzzle. You're right. Once the puzzle is solved, then what? Now it becomes a chore. I don't disagree with that. Like the fact that I'm mining, the fact that I'm mining with Voyager is actually infuriating. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like in fairness, and I I think that you've said that you enjoy strategic decisions. Should I send this crew and this ship, or this crew and this ship, Uh or these two ships together? You enjoy the strategy of coming up with some sort of ideal scenarios of how to combat certain things that your opponent can do. Once a loop gets started, once we've figured it out, you have typically not been like, I love the 18-step process. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but then you're, I also right. think it's also, it's also the strategy of trying to do maximum pulls every single time. I think we've become so accustomed to always having to do the max pulls, always do the max pulls. And I think this is where some of it's from, at your ops level, in order to get the ship out of that tier one to tier three stage into where, in theory, your, I'm sure, game design intends for your ship to be, at my level, tier two to tier three would be around about where it should be for my ops level. Mm-hmm. But we would normally only be pulling, probably in theory, according, I'm guessing what Tiger will come to explain, probably one to two, the one chest or the two chest, which is very similar to how he designed the last. I know. Previous loop. And this was, you're exactly right. And this is one thing that we're going to wrap up on the other side of the break with Bubba Joe that I want to, I want to kind of give the community a little bit of a what if, because based on the conversation that I have, Aaron, you're, you know, it, Aaron probably works for Scopely. If I if I had to actually like really, kind of, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You've all, you've always got that. Divine, you got it. Simpy, you got it. You build up a little bit of bank over time, and the three chest is there for the overflow. It's there for the dump. Yes. You guys are exactly right. I am focused on maximizing the efficiency, and because the three chest is possible for me. That's why I'm hanging on to it. If there was, if that was the case, if the three chest was not designed to be done with regularity, then why can't it be done at tier one, two, and three? You see what I'm saying? Because you're such a a higher ops than what we are, where it would be at our level. No, I don't think so, Aaron. You can do the the Voyager can fuel the one, two, and three chests it can. at tier. At, I don't know right. about tier one, but tier two and three definitely. Absolutely, yes. it can. But for someone starting the ship, they're going to be ops 35, 36. At ops 39, you can only get from tier two. I, uh, not okay. So they did adjust that. You can now go to tier three. Uh, actually, I think you can take it to tier four. Now, oh, like, okay. uh, tier three with all the components for tier four because they moved that that ops lock. But but regardless, yeah. this is not a refinery that scales by ops either. It no, scales no. by tier. So again, when we're looking at the warp range that the Voyager will have and the hostels that it can hit, all right, you will be able to get enough biotoxins to fuel the triple chest refinery, even if it wasn't intended. Tiers one, two, and three can feed that loop, and so I yeah. do agree with you, Aaron. And but, I but think- I'm also look, I'm also looking at it as 
as someone coming through those earlier ops levels, they're going to be growing with them as they come through. So they're going to be used to only doing like a one or two chest. Whereas as an ops 46, well, actually, no, you're what, you're ops 52 or 53 now, aren't you? You're used to doing these bigger chests because you have been able to with the bigger, with your bigger G4 rear. I, I hear what you're saying, Aaron, but that's my point, is that even at Ops 37, the Voyager itself is capable of fueling a triple refine. Okay? It is. And and that is where maybe we've lo- we're looking at this backwards, maybe, Bubba Joe. If the triple chest wasn't intended, then why can't it be done at Tiers 1, 2, and 3? And not later, because that is going to give us a perceived value of nerf, right? Or a perceived uh, uh, position of lesser value, less incentive to tear up the ship, kind of like exactly what Bubba Joe and I are saying. So, uh, however, this is the piece that I want to discuss on the other side of the break. If, If the triple refine is meant there is an overflow mechanic, and we're not meant to be doing it every every day or every three days or whatever. Fine, fine, fine. As a devil's advocate here, Bubba Joe, I'm going to remind the community of situations where we wish we had an overflow chest, right? Concentrated Latinum, for example. Finally, the events team had to break that one and solve that one out there, Bubba Joe, with bribery events. But just out of curiosity... How much concentrated latinum are some of you guys sitting on, especially those of you who compete in Mining Monday? Right? Eh, Forgotten Shield says 100 million. Boy, I bet you would love to dump that, wouldn't you? Right? 82 million, says Amber. I bet you'd love to dump some of that. I'm only sitting on 230 million, DJ. And I haven't refined. I haven't refined concentrated latinum since before Deep Space Nine. Wait, why why wouldn't you refine it if you have it? I haven't mined it. Oh, you haven't mined. Okay, you said, re- you said refine. I've it. done I I have not mined it since before Deep Space 9 and I have continued to <laughs> drain it with maximum pulls every day. See, that's the point. That's the the devil's argument position I'm going to take here and it sounds like the one that Aaron and Simpy are kind of having is we there are other loops where we wish we could dump more. How about Artifact Gallery, anybody? Do we wish we could dump more? Now, if there was in the Artifact Gallery a a third refined option, but it was triple the price, how many of us would do it? Simply because we're sitting on tens or hundreds of thousands of those Artifact tokens. Who cares, right? Even in this loop, uh, we talked about the price being more expensive per chest, but because of the time gates, we say do it anyway, right? So if the triple chest is what Aaron and Simpy say it is, if it is meant to be an overflow draining mechanic, then does it make it as bad? I feel like there is probably a communication problem here. Or, Bubba Joe, the question I'm going to ask for you is, is there an alternative way to build this so that you're not putting players in a position of having hundreds of millions like you are with the Artifact Gallery or Concentrated Latinum, 
but you're also not setting the expectation that triple chest pulls are expected and not would, just there I as an totally overflow agree. mechanic. Hmm. You see? I would I would say for the first three tiers, not have that third chest and then have it show up after tier four or something like that, which does happen in like the isogen where you would only no. have like two options. Well, that's based on activated abilities from your territory, yes. not based yes. on the level of your ship or the, your ops level. See, I For like sure. I yeah. like the thought process. I like the thought process that's happening in the chat right now. Simpy says, is Scopely setting that expectation or are the players? And it's a real question. Amber says, if it's meant to be an overflow, yeah. then maybe we can look at other so types good. of mechanics. Let's discuss that briefly on the other side of the break, because we do have to take our final break, Bubba Joe. But we'll spend our last few minutes exactly on that. If this is meant to be an overflow mechanic, then how do we do it a little bit cleaner while still communicating the expectations to players in a proper way? Bubba, what would have been your desired uh, build of this if the triple chest was not meant to be uh, done daily or at maximum anyway? What, what, how, do we, how do we build that to effectively communicate that? We will discuss that for our final segment on the other side of the break. My name is Ultimate DJs. This is Talking Trek Live, Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast, back after a word from our sponsors. Hang on. Today's show brought to you in part by Facebook.com slash MN Toy Posse, your one-stop shop for all toys, whether for pleasure, professional, buying, selling, or just remembering your childhood. Visit them online at Facebook.com slash MN Toy Posse for the toy collector in all of us. PvpTarget.com is a site with a whole host of tools for the players, not only at veteran status in this game, but also for brand new players, giving you insights into PvP banding, crews, and ROE used by many servers. PvpTarget.com can help you get your feet under you with respects to all things player versus player. Visit their website for a player's guide regarding lawful attacks, warships, and even a glossary of terms for use right here inside Star Trek Fleet Command. Visit pvptarget.com today. That's pvptarget.com. This program is made possible in part by a grant from Schmuckers, the jelly for schmoes. Introducing Khaleesi's Geriatric Milkshakes, a nutritional shake for the old lover in your life. It's Dr. Venkman. Chicks dig me. It's got the excess calories he needs to keep going. Or at least until he falls asleep watching Blue Bloods. Khaleesi's Geriatric Milkshakes not only includes essential vitamins and minerals, but it's also loaded with Sildenafil, so no need to take those little blue pills anymore, if you know what I'm saying. There are some things in this world that go way beyond human understanding, things that most people don't want to know about. So don't wait another moment. Purchase Khaleesi's Geriatric Milkshakes today and keep your love life alive, literally. My milkshake brings old men to the yard. They're like, I'm ready to go, dang right. I'm ready to go and show you at the nursing home. Are you tired of paying for a 12-month gym membership that you only use five times all year? Check out the three-day memberships at Resolutions, the gym that caters to slobs like you who will quit working out next week anyway. At Resolutions, every membership expires after 72 hours, so you don't have to worry about monthly payments or exercise. All of our gyms have valet parking, so you won't have to walk far to get to our smoothie bar, which features the state-of-the-art nutritional supplements you crave, like brownie batter and salted caramel cookie crumbles. 
fun, the couches in our TV lounge are the perfect place to take selfies so everyone on Facebook knows you're at the gym. Don't waste another penny paying cancellation fees. Join resolutions and spend it at the Chinese buffet. Feeling my way through the darkness Guided by a beating heart I can't tell where the journey will end But I know where to start They tell me I'm too young to understand They say I'm caught up in a dream Well, life will pass me by if I don't open up my eyes So that's fine by me so wake me up when it's all over. When I'm wiser and I'm older. Welcome back, everybody. That's what so some players are saying, Bubba Joe, is wake me up when Voyager's over. When I'm wiser, when I'm wiser and I'm older. <laughs> all this time I was finding my coffee in that nebula. And I didn't even know that we were lost. Uh, welcome back. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to have a little bit of fun with that. Avicii, thank you. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be. Welcome in to Talking Trek Live. Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast. Before the break, Bubba Joe, uh, we started a very interesting conversation. And I am going to open the stage uh, at this point as well. I feel like we haven't done that enough here lately, Bubba Joe. So get ready for some chaos. Uh, you guys can come up to the stage. If it was intended that triple pulls are not a thing. And we have to remind ourselves of this stuff sometimes, Bubba Joe. We did the same thing when the tally came out. We talked about the triple pulls, and it was not intended. We talked about Bajoran and the triple pulls, and that wasn't a thing. Even going all the way back to Stella, the original Vidar, the, the triple pulls were not a thing in the first month. It never, ever has been. So... Why is it that players expect to be able to do that in, in month one? And further, Bubba, what can Scopely do to more effectively design the expectation that triple pulls aren't necessary for the progression of this loop? Huh. Well, so there's a lot of things they can do. Um, first off, it, and, and this has been discussed in the chat. There should never be a loop that gets worse as you advance it, ever. That's like the most confusing thing that Scopely does in this game is if you take your ship from this to this, or you take your reputation from this to this, they then punish you by making it harder. That you your resources no longer go as far as they, they needed to. And I'm not talking about how... You go from ops 46 to 47 and you spend more steel and you spend more titanium. I'm talking about things like the Stella loop, not the Stella the ship, but the Eclipse loop in terms of the refinery got way worse for you got the same thing, but had to put a lot more resource into it to get that same thing out. And the same thing is happening here. As you advance the ship, you have to put so many more resources into it to get the same thing out. As compared to something like 
the Titan that only gets better as you advance it. You put in either less or you put in the same and get more. And so this thing that Scopely has got in their head of this loop has to has to punish and penalize the players for engaging in it. We want the players to feel bad about engaging in our content. That's the only opinion that could possibly be coming from the designers at Scopely to make sense for how they've designed this. Because well, I, I get, know. I, I don't get, think that's right. As a matter of fact, I've got a no, counter to that. Okay, no, because if the if that was the case, then the refinery would get measurably better. You would not be asked to put in five or six times the resources to get two or three percent more benefit. So here's okay. the here's the the response to that. It's been the response in times past, especially even with Bajoran, and will be the case here. All right. The response to that is you get more by hitting more targets so that the quote-unquote investment is not actually worse when you're looking at the number of hostels that you should be hitting or the amount of time that you should be. It should be about the same. The costs scale up because of the loot table. Now, the problem in this particular case is exactly what Blue and Jules have identified is that it's not in this case, which is why... I do fundamentally agree with them. Vardy says, yes, Scopely doesn't balance that well usually, and I don't necessarily disagree, and I think they've missed it. They, they missed it again with this ship. But, for example, when we go back and look at, um, when we go back and look at, golly, what was it? Jem'Hadar, right? Uh, the Jem'Hadar hostels that you have to hit for the, for the trophies or tokens or whatever in the, in the Bajoran loop, all right? Yes. That yes. one wasn't actually balanced horribly after they made the adjustment like when it launched it was bad bubba all right it's still bad uh i think it's better than what it was i mean how many hostels do you have to hit now to get enough for a triple pull in this particular case okay oh god a triple pull i would have to hit hostels for days really see i can probably i can probably well then maybe, maybe it's not as fixed. <laughs> maybe it's not quite as fixed as I thought it was. Because after that adjustment came out, we're talking. Are you sure, Bubba? You're talking about the Bajoran? Yes. yes. Seriously? I have never, I have never had enough loot to do a triple pull. No kidding. And I've I've ground in there for hours. And the hostel exchange. And never exchange? had enough for a triple pull for the Bajoran in badges? the hostel exchange for the hostel exchange. Oh my gosh! The whole Bajoran loop for ops, the highest ops levels is completely foobard. You keep claiming it's fixed, and I keep trying to correct you, and you're like, no, it's great now. Look at this. <laughs> well, Dehagis, Dehagis says it, um, and Bubba's now saying it. Apparently, the chests get worse as you go up, and this kind of goes back and supports the comment we saw here a moment ago that Scopely may not balance this real well when it comes to loot drops as compared to the refinery cost. So that is the intention, Bubba Joe. Um, that is the intention that the costs go up because the hostels are supposed to be dropping more. Now, if Except you as a, they don't, if they're not, <laughs> then that's the failure, right? If in Bajoran right now, if we're looking at Bajoran, like even as a fifty-three, I only need hundred and ten thousand of those antimatter things. What do you need? What do you What do you have Let's to have see. out of it? I'm looking. I'm looking because I haven't redeemed it for days. 
I'm 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 very close to getting to uh, profit chosen, and I will never have to hit another one of those hostels again. I probably uh, I probably my triple chest my triple chest yeah. is four hundred and thirty thousand. Whoa! So what do you get out of one hostel? That might be a, a better question. And again, this kind of comes back to what loot uh, or what blue and jewels were talking about, which is. The hostels themselves aren't dropping appropriate numbers or appropriate amounts of the loot. That is fundamentally what's wrong with Species A four seven two. There is also the loot drop bonus for the Bajoran. Hey, Bubba's got it all maxed. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right, Bubba's got it all maxed. But but my point is, like, I can kill one of those hostels, a Jem'Hadar fifty two or fifty three. I can probably get. Four or five thousand loot for me to do a triple pull, Bubba. It's probably twenty-five hostels, maybe and thirty. Can you use five of eleven to hit your hostels? No, I, I am using five of eleven, and that's what I'm saying. It's probably twenty-five to thirty hostels gets me a triple pull with five of yeah, eleven. Yeah, so I, I die if I use five of eleven. I have to use Strange New Worlds. And you said the doctor wasn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Bubba saying the doctor don't help me none. All right, uh, just throwing 10% that. 10% does not move the needle. <laughs> Lightbull says the best you can get from a level 60 is 8,300 uh, antimatter units, which I guess depending on, well, uh, I, I guess it depends. I, I don't know. See, that's another thing. Cruzito's showing me the base loot at about 1,600, but again, I'm using a pylum in mind, which I know Bubba can't do, so there's a loot bonus. I can use five. That's another 100%. Uh, that Bubba can't do. So it should be more hostiles, more loot. But given other impacts in the game, such as G4 rares and 5 of 11, if Bubba loses those, then you have to rethink his meta, right? you got to rethink his math. So that may be part of the problem here. But again, you can't hit down too much Divine because if he needs 400,000 for a triple, even getting five or 6,000 of mine that's 80 hostels a day. So, Robotsky, that's not exactly the solution for Bubba, nor should it be for Scopely's game design. Oh, well, Bubba, just drop down and use a pylum. Like, that shouldn't be the solution. You see what I'm saying? So, I feel like that is, is where Bubba Joe talks about this loop failing and where we can see it again with the bio ships, the amount of loot that is needed is not scaling. Right. And, and, and could they, you know, there's a lot of things that they could do, but the first off, the idea that you go from having to hit, you know, X hostels to having to overnight going from tier a to tier B one tier to, to having to hit, you know, three X or four X hostels, because they massively increased the chest size and did not massively increase the loot. And that's the problem. They, they, it's like they had completely different teams, one designing the ship, one designing the refinery, one designing the hostels, and they didn't talk to each other. Let me ask, in a perfect mathematical world, the hostel gets harder, right? Yep. But if the, if the refined costs go up by 3x, then in theory the hostile drop at base should also go up 3x. A am I am I missing the mark on that? Like does that all translate? 
Like, it's harder for you to hit, Bubba. But if you hit down, you still have to hit more hostiles, which should be intended. If you punch up, then you would have to hit less hostiles, which even from Mr. Tiger's own mouth is always intended. You could you can save time, but it costs more if you punch up. You can save more, but spend more time if you punch down, right? So in theory. I think that's, I think that's one of the things with Bubba. He can't punch up because he's hitting the ceiling of the hostile level. It's not even that, we can though. Punch, we can punch up. It's not well with Jim Hadar. I'm not really. I'm hitting 53s. Okay, but right. but I digress. Still, Bubba, if if the level of hostile that we're hitting here has X loot and the refine is X cost, then shouldn't the next refine and the next level of hostile be 2X and 2X? Shouldn't they scale proportionately? Yes, and then. You're still having to hit the same number of targets, but the strength of that target is growing with you, which is the motivation, right? That is what makes Correct. it more challenging is the You have ship. to go from system A to system B to go from the 43s to the 45s, right? Exactly. And, and you know, maybe your tier four can't hit the 45s nearly as well as hit the 43s. Maybe it takes a couple of extra times to do it, right? But the idea here is that Yes, you will grow into that. There, there can be a little bit of pain as you go from one tier to the next, right? As you, oh, I haven't upgraded any of the guns. I'm not quite as powerful as I need to be. I haven't, you know, I haven't done the new research that may have unlocked based on the tier of the ship. I need to do that, and then it's going to be a little bit easier. But you can't have these gigantic steps that are not then supported either by research or by the hostile changes. And that's the what that's where this loop fails. And Divine, I actually have agreed with you on almost everything here tonight, except for that line. As a bigger ship, you can grind more, so you should grind more, not less. That's actually where I disagree. That's where we separate. When when I'm talking about grind, I'm talking about time spent. I think they should be able to hit more difficult targets as an expectation. But no, I still think that Bubba Joe's time is just as more, just as valuable as mine. If I'm supposed to hit 40 hostiles, then he should have to hit 40 hostiles. But Bubba Joe's hostiles are a lot harder than my hostiles because of his growth in this game. On the other hand, some players say, well, truthfully, I'd take it a half a step further, Bubba Joe, that my higher targets should result in less time. Right, And we've talked about that before, about rewarding progression in this game. You can't go too crazy with that because then Bubba just has nothing to do. One or two hostiles satisfies all events, and the game's over. So I don't necessarily want to go too much into that, but I would say that it needs to at least stay steady. Right, Bubba? If I've got to kill 40 hostiles, you should have to kill 40 hostiles. Correct. And that's something we've talked about in uh, event design, right, where they – Oh well, you only have to hit you know ten hostels, but I actually have to hit forty five because they didn't scale the event properly, right? They have the same problem in in loop design, right? And the way that they design hostels for what you need for the refinery. This has been a common problem at Scopely, both in event design and loop design, and it's very frustrating. And like I like I was saying in the chat, I was really hopeful that moving forward. Scopely was going to design things like the Titan in that it was never going to be worse as you leveled it up. And and I think it was Simpy's like, hey, the Titan's terrible. It doesn't give you anything. Go, 
it that's true. It does not give me nearly enough reward for what it is. But there's no point where tearing up the Titan is not a good idea because the ref- what you get for it improves for the same amount of investment. Not only that, so, but there's no grind involved with it at all. It it's a spend of the daily drip, and but, but, further, but even, the daily but, drip increases. Correct. The daily drip increases. But even if that was if it was a grind instead of an activation, let's say let's say you had to go hit you had to have it on and you had to hit three things or something, right? Let's just say that there was some more level of grind that you had to do as opposed to just a daily activation to fuel the refinery, right? Fine, but the refinery never gets worse, right? It's it's the refinery takes the same amount of loot through the all of the tiers, okay? You get more ability to activate that ability as you level up. And the output of the refinery improves. It doesn't improve a lot. I think it should be more, but it never gets worse. The, it never goes from one rare skill point a day to 0.8 rare skill points a day to half a skill point a day. It never does that. It only gets better for the same cost. The problem so with that, the, co- the, the, the problem with that, though, is because it's based on an activation. The Titan would have had the exact same failings if it had a hostile loop involved. Because no, Bubba, because the, yes, you get the no, you get the activation from the daily. The daily could be a grind. The daily could go go hit fifty hostels, and then you get these tokens, right? Right, but then there would be no incentive. Like for you, your if, if your daily, if, if all the hostels drop the same currency of loot, then you could hit a thirty-five the same as you could hit a sixty. Why design the sixties at all? You see what I'm saying? Now, I guess there is a sidestep to that. You could make the daily around hitting. Level 60, Correct. and mine could be around hitting level 53. You could do exactly. something like that, like they did with cloaking, all right? And that was kind of okay, uh, the way that they did the cloaking daily. So that is one way to sidestep that. So let's circle back. We've got 10 minutes left, Bubba Joe. Let's circle back to designing the common anomaly sample exchange and the rare anomaly sample exchange by, by kind of de-incentivizing or setting the expectation that a triple chest is not mandatory or expected well, in this loop. Well, okay, so I, I don't think that's a fair expectation, right? If you put something in the game, there should be a path to being able to redeem that. Hmm, interesting. That it sounds... doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a free to play path. It doesn't ha- but it has to be a path to achieving it. And the problem is is if you take the cells out of it, if you take it the limited number of cells out of it, then you just got to grind more, right? You just got to go hit more things. You just, if you take if you take the Voyager activated ability out of it, which is limited, and the cells out of it, now it's just got to go grind more, which is annoying. Why should I have to grind more because I teared up the ship? But they've they've put not one but two caps. Well, in there, grinding more is acceptable if it pays more. Okay, and and that is kind of where I kind of agree with you up until that point. I I me personally, if the chest is there, then I feel like there has to be a path towards doing it. Okay, and and that is I think where we can all agree. If the triple chest is there, I feel like there needs to be a path towards being able to do that uh, with a reasonable uh, uh, expectancy. Okay, I. If it is truly meant as an overflow, then I think that it it has to not be in in that 
you know, daily or every three days or every five days, which I might be splitting hairs. We can talk a little bit more about that idea in a moment. But if it's there, Bubba, then I would expect as a player that there is a way to do that with increased activity, increased engagement, or even increased strategy, right? So if it's not there, then I know what's expected of me. If it is there, then I'm looking for what I have to do to be able to do that, just like exactly like what we're doing, just like Blue did and Jules did and the entire community. We're searching for a way to do the maximum benefit, to pay us the most, to get us the most stuff. On the other hand, Frankie points out, and very fairly, I might add, How many of you guys do your epic Armada triple pulls every time it's off cooldown? You know, crazy enough, Frankie, I know players who try to do that, and I discourage it. But you're right. It's the same words. We go back to the tally refinery. Which which epic Armada has triple pulls? Uh, My G4 G4 Armada chest has triple pulls. Oh, well, hang on, hang on. Stop refining G4 Armada chests. They're no, I do it, worthless. They're worthless to you, sir. I need rare tack cores, okay? You shush. Anybody who needs rare tack cores has to. All right? When you're done with rare tack cores, then you can say it's worthless. But until that time, we need rare tack cores. All right? I'm doing it for the rare tack cores. That's the only reason I'm doing it. Otherwise, you're right. It's worthless. All right? Uh, yes, crazy. Right now, Tier 3 Voyager does appear to be the sweet spot, okay? Um, that being said, that being said, the tally refinery was the same way, Frankie. All right? I do triple pulls when I can. And this is the point that Simpy and Aaron have been trying to drive all night. All right? And if I had to guess, Bubba Joe, it's going to be the point that Mr. Tiger drives home next week, too. Does tally have triple pulls? Uh, I don't know. Max pulls. Whatever. Max pulls. All right. Max pulls. All right. Whatever it is, whatever refinery it is, max pulls. Okay. We always want to be able to do that. But there is an efficiency for it. And it kind of depends. Like, look at the Borg solo exchange refinery. Thank you, Porky. All right. Look at the Borg solo refinery. You know what? Crazy. You do the G4 bonus refinery. Max pulls. Yeah. Are expensive. Bonus refinery. That's another good one. All right. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Porky, I'm a little bit different than you. I don't do the Borg triple refines because of their cost. So I focus in and do the doubles. All right. I don't actually do the triples on Borg because of the extreme cost. So um, that's kind of the point that I'm driving there. Sometimes we'll look at whether or not it's smart. Now, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying that yeah. I won't ever wham. Sometimes I do, all right, if I have an extreme surplus of, of rare loot, all right? But I'm just saying, and Galvanox, I'm not gaslighting anybody about Vidar. I'm telling you, this is not a foreign concept. We do this every not- single time a, a new refinery comes out. If you have the surplus, says wham, do the triple. I always do the triples because I have the exactly. surplus. That's the point. Yeah. It exactly is a surplus that. dump. It is <laughs> the, the, the mechanic for overflow, but it's not expected. Like, if you've got it, cool. If you don't, you don't. All right? So that's kind of the point. And, I, and, and listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not driving this way 
just for poops and giggles, Bubba, I spoke to Game Design today about this. All right? I was specifically told the triple refine is not expected on on a on the every cooldown thing. Like players shouldn't be feeling that. And my argument is because it's there, people do feel that way. Balancing expectations. Yes. Because it's there, people do expect that they should be able to do it. Or they freak out if they if can't. The if the expectation is not to do the triple refines, then they are sourcing far too few shards. Well, far that was that was another, far, far, far. I don't too necessarily few. disagree with you, but that's a different conversation. Okay, listen, it's not like the triple pull makes that refinery any better, really, in the long run. All right, but there, but there are still problems. Okay, so my question then kind of becomes back to where I wanted to go ten minutes ago. If community. This is supposed to be an overflow mechanic. How do you present it in the game that makes it clear that it's an overflow mechanic and not something that players should be breaking their backs to do? Or, in this case, Bubba Joe, not something that a player should feel punished by by advancing their ship progression. Okay, so the reason that they're punished is not because they're going from one refined to three, okay? The reason they're punished is their grind gets significantly worse just to do one, okay? So yes, their grind gets worse, and they're getting less reward for the grind. That's why they're being punished. So it comes back to what Blue and Jules said, which is that it's a loot table problem, right? Rescale the a loot, loot table and and cost problem, yes. All right, let's come to uh, Ops 52. Batman, you got a lot of background noise. Let's get your comments very quickly. The stage is open, by the way. If you've got some input on this, if you've got an opinion, how do they present this in a way that doesn't make you feel punished? Batman, what do you got? So really quick, um, so I managed to take my Voyager to Tier 3 and using the reset on the research if you re do the research, it resets the pulls, um, the the one where you get the extra artifact token. So I was able to quadruple pull this week, um, and that allowed me to max out all the cargo, all the warp range, and things like that. And what I noticed was, even if I went to tier four, if there were nodes available at the 470 system, like there's no rare nodes, I could manage the max pulls. Um because you just have enough tokens. Because I have a little bit over 200,000 cargo on my Voyager. And the the big issue I've heard a lot of things tonight is really is the fact that the split loot on the hostiles is not bad because you get the common stuff. But the fact that there's no rare nodes available ever in any of the, any of the systems is a big deal. Like if you have a full cargo crew and you have your research leveled up like I do, um, you do get a lot of cargo. You get a little about 270,000, 300,000 at tier four, which allows you to triple pull, uh, well, max pull, um, the rare and the uh, and the common. But we need the rare nodes to mine, and they just don't exist. That's kind of really what I wanted to hit the point, um, because you know I've heard I've heard a lot of like information about this, but with all the research, the Voyager at tier four can produce get enough rare material if the mining nodes are available. So let's back up to the cells, though, because that seems to be the bottleneck. 
is the biotoxins needed to get the triple pull of the cells. If you're able to do a triple pull of the cells, then you're basically guaranteed one cell a day. What we're seeing, yes, that's correct. What we're seeing is that the hostels that you can hit at tier four don't actually drop enough biotoxins within three. Uh, let's see, what would it have to be? It would have to be nine hostels has to equal what twenty seven thousand. And that's assuming that you never use Voyager's other ship ability. So then let me come back and ask Batman, is it appropriate for the two abilities to come out if they are mutually exclusive? Because you know what? If you hit nine of the, of the hidden bioships, you probably can get 27,000 biotoxins. Probably. Okay? Because you're, so you're probably able to get a little over three. I just shared a screenshot of my pylum, um, its current cargo. Um, I get about 2,500, 2,600 when I do a run of these. It's about 30 hostiles to fill up my cargo on my pylum. I didn't use uh, cargo exocomp, but I do have ST law on. In fairness, so, in fairness, though, Batman, we're, we're not wanting to look at this from a pylum perspective. It needs to be Voyager's perspective. Otherwise, okay. the loop is broken. Right. If you okay, have so, to so, use another ship, then it's broken. I do. I and and in fairness, you're correct. I do use the pylum because I get about two thousand biotoxins um, on the forties, on the level forties. I got about two thousand per kill. Um, when I do do the grind in uh, FSP thirty eight nineteen, um, when I do my one cell, I do get about two twenty five hundred there, uh, which gives me enough to do the triple pull. The where the where it breaks completely is the rares because there's just no way to source that there's no nodes like I've, i'm already in the 40 470 system um there is zero nodes for the last three days zero rare nodes um and you need a full node you have to go in there three times to get six hundred thousand loot to be able to double pull but um the voyager as you mentioned yes with with the voyager with the loop 50 percent loop bonus if you do do the research it does get you you know up there um, if you're hitting up in the higher systems, but um, if you don't have that the loop bonus that high, um, the the only real bottleneck that I've experienced in my situation, and I'm I'm not huge, I don't have a G5 ship, um, is been the rare mining nodes. Like they just don't exist. I like, and I agree I, with you. We were on stream, and I just could not flip and get one to proc. Could not do it. And then today, I actually went back up in there and I saw Nova on a rare node. I mean, and, and again, that's obnoxious, all right? <laughs> that's obnoxious. Like, I'm just going to leave it at that. It's obnoxious to put a normal no, a ship, a normal mining ship on a rare node. Like, it, this is just my opinion piece. Those ships should die. But here's the problem, Devon. It costs a cell to go kill it, all right? And the cells, the cells are valuable, Right, so what are you what are you gonna do? You can burn a cell, but that's hurting you. It's it's there's just pieces of this that make it frustrating. You put exactly, you need more cells. We need a little bit more cell acquisition, especially if the rare nodes are going to be as flipping hard to to source as they have been. I got lucky today, Batman. I actually found a rare node, and when I got done with it, another one procked. When I was done with that one, I had to mine like. 50,000 common and then filled up and never found another rare node. 
So that, to me, was only a half use of a good sell because I was only able to come home with uh, about 130, 140,000 rare and then nothing else procced. And what are my options? I could sit around over cargo and wait but risk dying and losing all of it. See what I'm saying? It's just (laughs) – there's so many pitfalls in this loop, Bubba Joe, that that is what – I think it's frustrating some people. All right. How come we don't get sales every day like uh, Actian or, or Apex and uh, or well, Mantis indirectly, and, uh, indirectly, you kind of are, but it's coming in bulk because again, Scopely didn't want people to feel like they had to do it every day. But you're you're getting deuterium every day. You use that to to summon the bio ships, and you earn enough goo with that to refine up to three cells every three days but that's another piece of the problem is that we're seeing that the loot table isn't scaling strong enough for some players to be able to do three cells every three days so you might be down to two cells every three days which is a 33 percent drop now i think what batman points out is very very important okay we are just like stella looking at this in the vacuum of research if he is already doing a bunch of this research and I can tell you right now, if his Voyager cargo is over 200000 then he's doing something right. Mine is not that, okay? My Voyager cargo is like 147000 so clearly I'm behind on the research. If the research... But see, then we come back to what Jules was showing us, all right? Maybe a Tier 4, we can do that, but I don't know, man. I mean, there's, there's other places. Like, if, if we look at a Tier 4... All right, a tier four with all max officers, all max officers. According to Jules, the absolute maximum cargo we can have on a tier four Voyager is 330,000. Now, that's on one cell. It takes 600,000 to, to do the double refine, but it's also on a seven-day cooldown. So let's pretend that we did have six cells, and let's pretend that we had max cargo. Well, we could do that on two of those cells and four other of the cells we can bank or grind or do whatever. Let's look at the common. Here's the next piece. The common, which, by the way, is the most valuable out of the two. It's not even the rare, Batman. The rare is fine and all good so, and everything, DJ, but, the, uh, but the common one is the more valuable one. Go ahead, Bubba. What did you say the two chest is for Tier 4? Sorry, I said 600. I read it wrong. It's 1.8 million. Correct. Okay, sorry. So I said that even I said that even wrong. If the cargo is 300,000 per cell, that is all six cells completely dedicated to rare. To rare. What are you doing with the with the common? And by the way, again, I point out the common is more important than the rare. Hands down, yeah, let's not plain let's and simple. Not, let's say that again for the people in the back. The common is more important than the rare. Why is that, DJ? Well, not only do you have opportunities at full pulls, all right, but it's just paying out more shards. It's almost like, Bubba Joe, that the rare chest in and of itself was meant to be the overflow and would have been accepted as that little bit of something extra for the extra grind. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go out on a limb right here, right now, and say you should never be focused 
on doing a double pull of the rare. Not until it gets better. Do a single if you want to. Where you want to focus is on maximizing your pulls of the common. Well, you can you can do doubles at tier three. You can do doubles at tier three if you stay there. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. If you stay there. But so, I am. So DJ, go ahead, Batman. I apologize. I just wanted to point out the research. So if anyone who hasn't done it yet knows that it does reset the refinery um, in the Starship tree. If you go to the uh, one that's called Artifact Hunting Extraordinaire, every time you do that research, it will reset your common and rare pull. So I was able to pull four times today because I teared up. I reset it twice and I did my normal daily. That let me get enough to almost finish um, all the good research in the Voyager tree. It is really important, and you definitely should make sure you've got enough bank to pull those without losing any time, okay? Um, that being said, the, the common chest, all right, absolutely massively important. As a matter of fact, I do see this comment in the chat. What is the quote-unquote value of the commerce insignia? Well, that depends on your ops level and, I suppose, the tier of the ship. The Commerce Insignia is the only thing extra that comes in the rare chest, but it also is, the, uh, is, is kind of the block, the time gate on the um, free dolomide particles. All right, so that can be important to some players. Plus, you know, depending, Amalgam, Cerritos, Mantis, it could be really important with some of those. I'm actually using my Commerce Insignias on Cerritos parts. Uh, so that is providing a little bit of value there. But again, regarding the artifacts, it's the common chest. That's the important one. So again, at tier four, Batman, <laughs> at tier four, you can't double pull your rare chest every week. Like, can't. It's impossible. You need 1.8 million to double pull it. You can only get one cell a day at 200,000 cargo. Or, well, the, the math says 300000 would be the maximum. You could do that with all six cells being dedicated to rare. That leaves you nothing, even for grinding hostels, for the anomaly sample, the common. You can't Sorry, do it. I, yes. Yeah. It's it, No, you mean once you have it all maxed out, it becomes very, very difficult and tedious. That's correct. And this is you, where this math breaks down. Okay, right, right here. Like, that's the perfect example. That's why Tier 3 is different than Tier 4. So I circle back. We keep trying to have this conversation. We keep veering off in how it's broken. Bubba, should the two-chest redeem be in the rare sample? In the rare sample exchange? Should it even be there? I, I mean... But when should it's it not be there, yes, when it should be there. When it's not there, players complain about having a surplus. Look at the artifact gallery. Look at concentrated latinum. Right when it's not there, we complain about not being able to spend the stuff that we've ground. Right? Where do you draw the line? How is there? How is Scopely supposed to introduce an overflow mechanic if it's not expected or demanded from the loop? but still satisfies the overflow mechanic for players who have extra. Wham, you're a classic example of players who yeah. will grind to get extra. You've got the overflow capability. How do you design this so the players don't do what we're doing right now? 
Is it a different Don't refinery? Don't put it in on the first month and put it in later. Is it a different <laughs> refinery? Is it one that has a 30-day cooldown? Is it one that still has a seven-day cooldown, but the costs are astronomical? What do you do? So, DJ, if you put it in the game, there is an expectation, and I would say a fair expectation, that it is redeemable, right? You don't put something into the game that just can't be redeemed unless you intend it to be a hard limit. Like, for example, the Borg Cube that prevented people going beyond Ops 50, right? That was that was the thing. The you people have seen that they got the uh, the hostile mission that says go hit a level 65 hostile. Well, it doesn't exist in the game. That is intended to be a hard stop. But if it is not intended to be a hard stop, it is there is I won't say a contract, but there is players have an expectation that this should be achievable by their ops level, by whatever they've engaged in to get to that level, unless mm-hmm. it is intended to be a hard stop. I don't disagree now, with you. I fell into the same thing. I, in the first one. I don't disagree. I feel the exact same way. I feel like it should be obtainable. Okay? I do, fundamentally. Yeah. I agree. I'm not being sarcastic. But, but if it, it wasn't meant to be, and they removed it, Bubba Joe, then as a community, we're complaining like we did with the Artifact Gallery. We have too much. Or Concentrated Latinum. We have too much. I can't spend it. Give me ways to spend it. Well, so the difference... So there's a couple of differences there. So with Concentrated Latinum, right, they did this to themselves. I didn't get my excess Concentrated Latinum because I liked mining Latinum. I was mining it one day a week, and I accumulated that much to compete in an event they created they put the emphasis on getting that much there's not been anything in this game that said go get a million tokens from formation armadas there was nothing in the game that said go get that many tokens there were some leaderboards to go go hit our formation armadas but there was nothing that said go get a trillion loot right a million loot anything like that now the fact that players have so much more loot than they can spend is probably a design flaw that they did not anticipate or didn't think that players would want to engage in that mechanic in the way that they did. Here, it's not that players are, I I want to grind my way to this value. I want to engage in this loop. I am excited for this loop and want to engage in it more. This is what we were talking about the other day. Just because there's too much grind in the game doesn't mean an individual player can't go, I want to grind this loop exclusively. I want to go engage in this loop more because it's something I see value in. And they're preventing you from doing it by all of the gates that they put in. And those gates are preventing in engaging you with this loop, with the ship that they've created. Now, can I do it with my G5 Epic? Yes, I've seen people that are doing it with their G5 Epic. But that's not how it's supposed to be. Mm-mm. So that is the problem that they have instituted gates that prevent the players. If a player wants to, if a player wants to engage in the loop and devote more of their time and effort into maximizing those pulls, they should have a mathematical capability to do that. But the Voyager is not built to allow that, and that's the problem. All right, so, Bubba, I'm going to come back to you after I ask Dr. Juby the following question. Not what is the problem, 
how do we want to see it in the game? Dr. Juby, what do you got? How does Scopely present this in a way that we don't get pissed off at? Well, clearly, cargo is the major issue for when you're talking about 46-plus players because we, we've seen you'd rather just grind with your G4 rare ships much better. Your G5 ships are much better. There's a big issue when you're talking about the smaller players because their ships can't really take care of it like our bigger ships can. So Voyager, one thing for Voyager is it, it's just it's just not good for the smaller players, but they still need it to get the loop going. Well, the best thing I can recommend is just more tokens, which you guys have hit on very well. Like instead of uh, the poll should be probably two, four, five, or even two, three, five. On the so actual warp the, cells. Yeah, if you if you dwarf cells. So if you pull the first chest, you get two tokens. Pull the second chest, you can get three tokens. Pull the third chest, you can get five. If we open up the number of cells that you can get. Do players feel obligated to grinding those cells more? That was one thing that Scopely told me pre-arc, was that the reason for the cooldowns was so that players didn't feel the need to engage in this more than once or twice a week. And now we're wanting more? Having more tokens won't stop the aggressive grinders from just constantly grinding. It's... It's the same thing when you saw the uh, the C lat totals of everybody that had huge amounts. It's, it's not really going to do something for them. It's mainly for like the lower level players, like let's say the thirty fives, the forty twos. They need those extra tokens because they might fly into a system not realizing what they're doing. They could die. Maybe they can only hit five to ten ships, and so they need the extra tokens as a way to help the smaller players. The extra cells would also make it possible to fly in and kill the 12-day mining ships on the nodes. That's true, too. All right. Uh, Thank you, Dr. Juby. Appreciate that. Bubba, let me present you the same question. Uh, Dr. Juby says, more cells. How do you present this in a way that does not make players feel the pressure to hit the quote-unquote overflow? Do you remove the two chests? Do you provide more cells? Do you enhance the loot? What are you doing? Not what's the problem. How do we fix it? Well, I think you've identified the incorrect problem. (laughs) Okay. The incorrect problem is not the overflow then. Correct. The incorrect problem is not the overflow. The, The problem. So if you, again, if you put something in the game, players feel like they should be able to do it, but there are too many gates. Like he, like Dr. Juby was saying cells. There are too many gates in this, in this loop particular to prevent players from engaging it at the level that they want to engage with. Okay. If they don't want to have two chest redeems, then they shouldn't have had a second chest redeem there. They shouldn't price it so that only G5 players can do it. And I'm not even saying all G5 players can do it. I'm saying that that is where they put the price point at, right? If they put it in the game, it should exist, right? And if they were pricing it, so that only a certain level of ops players could do it. Say maybe once you had a G six or G six G four rare ship at forty six, then add it as a research node to say we're going to unlock a second chest 
at this level because at that point we think you should be using a different ship to engage in this loop. Then you could do it that way. But if it exists at the introduction, the problem is that there should be a mechanism for players to engage in the loop with the ship that they've given within the confines that they've created. And we've already discussed that's not possible. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to make it, and if they're saying, hey, we're making this because we think if you get a mid-tier G, G4 rare ship with its loop bonus and, and all this other stuff, that you're going to be able to now engage in this loop with that ship or the next ship that you get, then you make it a research node that unlocks that extra refine so that nobody feels like they're losing ground on that. Now, they can see that it's there. You can talk about what that is. That players can say, oh, well, the G just give everything to the G4 and G5 players. Like, but the point is, is that it's priced at a point that you're not going to be able to do it with a Voyager. A lot of this can be solved with communication. I a agree. Lot of this I like the research can be idea solved, too. Right. With explaining, hey, we want you to use the Voyager. If the, and if they're if they were thinking, I won't say <laughs> derogatory. <laughs> that you were going to use the Voyager for this entire loop and this was going to be the ideal ship to engage in this loop, then they have failed miserably because it's not, okay? If that was their intent, then they've done something terribly, terribly wrong. They've done a disservice to the players. But if their intention was, this should be a bridge ship for an Ops 35 player until they get to 45, and then there's going to be a transition period where players are going to be able to engage with higher, bigger ships with either more cargo or something like that, then that's fine. But they didn't communicate that, and they didn't build it that way. So it is absolutely a frustration for the players to have something in the game that is just mathematically unachievable if you are trying to engage in the loops. Like like uh, Batman said, like, oh, I can do the rare, and then we just did the math. It's like, well, yeah, you can, but then you're not doing any of the common, and that's not ideal because the common's actually more important. Yeah. So yeah. this is the problem, right? This is the problem with what they've created is that they've made something that is not able to be engaged with with the tools that they've provided the players to engage in the loop. And, I'm and gonna, that's where it falls short. And I don't necessarily disagree, so I'm going to, to leave you with a final thought because we do need to get ready to wrap up. Two final thoughts. Wham says, I just figured it out, DJ. Drop to a lower system and kill hostiles with your Nova. Then you can double pull the rare. I would rather take a dirt nap. Okay. <laughs> I would rather. No. No. Oh, God, the grinding would be so bad. Um, I am going to uh, dangle this and, and leave you with it, Bubba Joe. What if... What if all this is exactly the way it's supposed to be? We're just being FOMO players, and there's choice here. Do you want to chase the commerce insignias, or do you want to chase the artifact samples? Bubba Joe, maybe Batman's right. Maybe you can't do them both. Do you focus on one versus the other? Bubba, you've already said well, commerce insignias aren't important to you. Right now, what are the value of the commerce insignias, maybe to huh, a free-to-play? Could it be the dolomite particles? Could that actually be the incentive to the rare chest? Is there an incentive to anybody else not chasing dolomite particles? 
Because the Commerce insignias really don't look that phenomenal right now, Bubba Joe. What incentive do you have to well, engage so, in, the rare, in the rare chest? So this is something I wanted to talk about in a future podcast, and we just kind of blew right past it. So the Commerce insignias, if you have not maxed the specialty ships that they support, they look to be a significant benefit to the players that want to engage in that. I don't like, disagree, be but we can't have it all, boost. right? Don't we have to choose no, hang, our reward? Hang on. Hang on. So you're, the thought that the Commerce Insignias are worthless. Well, if you're using them on generic G3, G4, G5 ships, then I agree. They are very worthless, and they should have been designed differently. And that's a problem I have with them, is that they are only beneficial and useful for those specialty ships. Okay? Agreed. Now... You're saying that 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 your intention, the intention here is you can do either the rare or the common. I'm not saying that and it if, is. I'm saying what it, if it was? What if okay. the the outcome of this loop is choice? What if I can choose the isolytic artifacts or I can choose the commerce insignias and the dolomite particles? What if they are divergent paths? Is that possible? And is then that a fair expectation? from Scopely of its players. If that is the case, then Scopely game design truly are lost. Explain. That you can't design a loop that way and not communicate it. You have to shout it from the rooftops. Every banner when you log into the game needs to have that. There needed to be an article that says, this is the choice you're going to have to make. You can do this or you can do this. We have not designed it, nor do we intend for you to do this. You have to shout it from the rooftops. You have to put music. You have to sing it. You got to get <laughs> You got to get Beck to make a song about it. You have to <laughs> scream this in everyone's ear that that is the intention. Okay. And since they didn't, that's not their intention. Or since they didn't, they're lost. Okay. I'm wondering if we are looking at this way differently. And maybe the communication didn't go out properly because that would be a big shocker. But what if this is what it's supposed to be? What if we're supposed to choose our path? Because honestly, I don't really see a way that you can, that you can engage well, with both of these chests at a maximum level. And, and if you are intended to choose your path, if you are intended to have to choose the common or the rare, then they completely missed the rare. That refinery is, because it doesn't have the full pull option, it's just, I get it. You want to get that, you want to get that ticket so you can go get that thing for your specialty ships. That is way, way, way too high a cost to give up the shards that you're trying to get of these Again, isolytic damage is legitimate. You should be trying to acquire it. On the other that, hand, on the other hand, we're talking one two percent here early, which I'm not. I'm not discounting it. I agree with Bubba. Isolytic is going to be a huge piece of this game over the next twelve to twenty-four months. On the other hand, we also screamed, kicked, clawed, cried, yelled over a free-to-play path towards Dolomide Particles, and this is what they chose. It ain't easy. It is a big grind. It's not easy, and it's going to require the sacrifice of another style of reward. I am not unhappy with that if that was indeed their intention. Communication would have been nice. Communication would have been nice. All right? But... This is a suitable grind for free primes. 
to be perfectly honest with you. I don't think of it as a grind. I don't know that it's not a grind. It's going to take time. No, it's a time gate. It's not a grind. Dude, for the double chest, that's that's grind. You're going to have to play that. Like you said, there's no breathing room, right? Absolutely no margin for error if you want to go as fast as you possibly can with the commerce insignias. That means if you're chasing the dolomite particles, the two chest is the way you need to go, and there is no margin for error. You just said it yourself. The cost of the double well, chest refine are just too daggone off. And then you should never advance past tier two. Well, I was going to say tier three, but yeah, I can see that. If you're chasing two, two or three, if you're chasing right? Dolomide, then yeah, probably. Yeah, because look, the commerce insignias don't increase. Doesn't change at all. Yeah, it stays 100 all the way up. So if you're chasing Dolomide, absolutely do not go past tier three. And for the time being, you probably need to and choose. And if that's the case, then why would they allow you at tier three to be able to do both? What do you mean do both? Well, oh. if, the, if their intention was to make you choose, why would at Tier 3 they allow you to do both? Listen, Tier 3 is still no cakewalk to do both. Tier 3 max cargo could be about 220000 uh, which means it would take three cells of rare loot, and then you would still have three cells to get your common. It would be tougher, and again, remember what your ops level is if, if you're down there, 230000 cargo like to be honest with you i would say probably anybody 39 maybe even 41 and down they are using voyager to grind the hostels which means they can't get 230,000 cargo they're going to be lower down to like 80 or 100,000 so it's going to be a little bit tougher there bubba joe of course i guess they could mine no, they could no, mine they yeah could... they're going to mine it aren't they they're going to mine Correct. the common yeah Correct. so if they mine the common then you could do that on another two cells. So there's five out of your six, Bubba. Three for the rare, two for the uh, for the common. There's five out of your six. You only got one left. That's a pretty tight window. But you're doing both as opposed to having to pick one for all well, of Well, that's yourselves. true. That's true. You can do both with five cells and one to spare. So, yeah, I don't know. The, the, it leaves a lot of question. It leaves a lot of question as far as the intent. Hopefully, we can glimpse into the it's eye of the design. Well, it's I, a long-term play, not really to design, really to do everything all in the first month. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Hopefully, we can get a little bit of insight into the design of this, hopefully next week, if we are able to uh, grace our stage with Game Design's Mr. Tiger. Uh, hopefully, we can get him on the show here uh, within the next week or so to, to kind of talk about this a little bit and explain what he was thinking. And, uh, and to go from there. But in the meantime, I think it is very, very clear, Bubba, if I were summarizing the last three hours, don't progress beyond Tier 3 with your Voyager right now. I, I don't, I don't have, know. I'm really, really I'm sorry. really sorry. <laughs> because I don't see, I literally can see absolutely I, zero I, benefit in doing I so said, right now. I said this yesterday that <laughs> someone asked, uh, when are we getting the update to the Voyager to make it usable? And I said... Well, we just had the mid-month patch. I'm not holding my breath that we are getting another one. No, it's not. Yeah, I mean, at the earliest now, you're looking at the start of the next arc. But again, I, you know, we don't know where they're at with that. They had a conversation with me about it. I haven't spoken to them about it this week. Nothing has happened yet. 
I think right now we as players probably need to hold our ground and say, listen, ship is tier three. And and I will continue saying that. And well, game design can be fussy by by saying yeah. we're not encouraging the growth of the ship. That's because you've designed it that way. It's not efficient. All right. Tier three is your hold point right now, folks. And I'm sorry, Scopely. But if you want players to feel good about progressing with it, then it needs to actually feel good. I mean, crazy concept. All right? It needs to provide a benefit. It does need to actually feel good. It needs to provide enjoyment. It needs to provide pleasure. It needs to provide benefit. And right now, it does none of those things beyond Tier 3. So fix it, and then we'll feel good about it. That's right, Cruzito. We're penny pinchers, okay? Daggone it. We're math nerds. We're going to find this stuff. Okay? Don't be shocked that we find the efficiency points because that's what we do. Optimization. Bubba Joe, final thoughts on the USS Voyager as we prepare to wrap up our show today. Uh, I think that, uh, that the Voyager is really another missed opportunity, right? It's this content that some players are really identifying with it's one of those iconic ships of the line and they really needed to nail it and it they just they've they've missed on this loop once again and it's really frustrating disappointing trader are you feeling tempted to come back yet nope (laughs) oh i miss you I'm sure Mark misses uh, miss you, too. too. All right. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Yeah, we just I'm need to sure give you G6, does. and you'll be fine. Give Trader G6 oh, yeah. already. Give her G6, and she'll be all fine. Guys, thank you for visiting our show today. That has been our time. Actually, more time than I intended, Bubba Joe, but a great conversation. I really enjoyed today's show. Thank you for being a part of it, and thank all of you guys for being in our audience and listening in podcast form wherever you may be. I'd like to invite you to visit our website at Talking Trek, stfc.com, to find links to our Twitch, our YouTube, right here on this podcast, also our merchandise store. Go buy merch. Bubba Joe was really on point today, wasn't he, Juby? Listen, Bubba Joe, Juby was very complimentary on a lot of your analytics today. And well, that can't be. I got to say some stupid things. You better say something stupid in a hurry because people really, really a fan of your analytics today. Go to our merch store and buy the Bubba Joe Was Right t-shirt, and uh, you can support that. It's available in our merch store. You can also find our Patreon program where you can support the show at a level as low as $5 or more per month to turn your name gold. At $10, we'll read your name and say thank you in our closing credits. Like I would like to say thank you to Lord Neelix, Lady Castrator, Iron Chef, Virtual Army, D-Lyle, Mechrag, Hammerhead, Regis, Shady Pines, Big Shakes, Lobot, and Hunter, Tagora, Cruzito, Ransusi, Katana, Hank, Ape, DJ Gur, MC101, Late Nighter, Lightbull, Louis P, uh, Zalvinar, Zinfrey, Peffy, Stormbringer, Bills Mafia, Bayonetta, Grog, Thorn, Archangel, Smoke Mohawk, Happy Kitty, Jet Ski, Papa Smurf, Jason, Captain Jack Morse, Vinium, Scorpionis, Archer, Arian, and Hani, Ragnar, Liam, and Dominus, Casey Jones, DJs, Tals, BFF, Chronic Break, Wet Willie, Joe, K92, Darth Adamus, or Taylor Crazy Bunch, General Chaos, Warren A. Fox, Judge Kren, G Force, Mamekas, Captain Q, Plain Simple Garrett, Game Junior, Admiral, Inworlder, Cha Cha Roar, Scarlet Hawk, Loser Kendall, DJ Loves Tiered Primes, uh, Tactics 7 of 9, Jacket Never Go Full Tilly, Blue Mandalorian, Noxus Exhibitor, Furmax, Dr. Link, Clueless One, Schizoido, Likes a Bath, Welch, Kievo, Fighting Texas Aggie, Gunner, Mighty Croc, Unimatrix, Adam on Server 20, The Web, Balabomb, Kingo 101, D Chesty, Nom Nom, Primal Fear, Medic 213, J Babes, Dark Knight, Stratoblaster, Pixelate, Lost in, Buddy, JT10, Spectre, Yukai Nico, Diva Dorsal, Oscar 90, McLovin, DJ Screams My Name, Jazzmeister, Shoopster, TNT Assassin, and Sam. 
our newest gold patrons. Thank you guys for supporting Talking Trek at a level of $10 or more per month. Talking Trek is a registered trademark and recorded in front of a live studio audience for distribution across podcast platforms everywhere. I am your friendly neighborhood cat person, feline of nine. My name is Ultimate DJs saying good night and meow for now on Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast. Y'all have a good one. See you later. Mm-hmm.